to Mike Mayo, which uh, if the Panthers are down, uh, what, 3-1 after two periods, uh, I would have to say I I defer to the notion that, well, I have to get up early (laughs) tomorrow. I don't think I'll be able to watch the rest of this game. Because who would want to sit with an incredible rat like Mayo? I I, I had to take it all day yesterday on the radio show. I fired back with everything I had. I even said that the officiating was very fine. Like a joke of an argument now. That's I mean, great. Uh, We're desperate. Yeah. <laughs> We're bitching about refs and uh, hockey. Refs <laughs> and hockey. Refs. Man, they call a lot of penalties. You know what? If you looked at it, very pathetic state of mind to be in. That's what happens when uh, you got a big mouth yep. and you start losing a bet. Uh, you know, so I, I, I give May all the liberty he wants. I mean, uh, if he's up too well when he comes on the show, I'll just give him the whole show. No the point in us coming back with anything. It's like an argument with your wife, right? What's the point of coming back with something? Yeah. You think she's buying your argument? Of no. course not. That's why you're fighting in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. A lot more pleasant than it could have been uh, just a few hours ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I envision Good to be with you guys Yeah, here on the Depot Show. I know you were schwitzing some of the details oh, along with uh, me uh, yesterday. I was resigned to the fact that we were losers, Mike Luby Lubitz. And here we are today with uh, renewed vigor and uh, inspiration, oh, thinking that life actually isn't as harsh as uh, most people make it out to be. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you. The Defoe Show here on Ion Channel. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, later on today, uh, we'll talk to Brett Tester, the agent of the Stars. Uh, not much going on in the NFL, but Brett happens to be a huge Florida Panther fan. Yes, yes. In fact, I, I think he's actually close with some of the executives yeah. that are not particularly <laughs> like flattering <laughs> when the name Mike Mayo is mentioned. Uh, and uh, he, he knows these guys pretty well, so uh, I'm sure he was living and dying with uh, every shot, every minute, every second of that Panther playoff game yesterday against the Washington Capitals, where uh, we did look like dead meat. I mean, uh, they were taking a hammer out and pounding this thing down. You know what? We're going to pound it down real thin, and, and then it's going to be perfect, and we'll bread it and we'll put it in the fryer. And that was pretty much where we were at yesterday. I, I would equate it to this, and people can relate to it, because uh, there was a moment in that game that uh, will leave an indelible impression. Uh, the Panthers end up winning 3-2 in overtime. They even their series with the Caps at two apiece. Down 3-1. I don't care if it's the NHL. The NHL is a wild west. It is possible to come back from three games to one down. They would have been returning home for a game five. That might have been just a token win with the Caps thinking that they would wrap things up in game number six. And uh, the whole notion that this uh, Cap team, uh, which doesn't appear to be as deep or as good, as the Florida Panthers, and is going with a backup goaltender on top of it, uh, could possibly be in a dominating position of 3-1, uh, was uh, you know not a very comfortable thing. Uh, you know how uh, the doctor says as he puts the rubber glove on, and is that not the scariest sound in all of yes. life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the snapping on of the rubber glove at a doctor's office, and the uh, guy says to you in all confidence, uh, you might feel a little bit of discomfort. It's like, discomfort? I'll give you discomfort. I'll give you a right hand right across the jaw. What are you talking about? You're going to stick that all the way up there where the sun don't shine? you got to be kidding me, man. There isn't enough Vaseline in the world. You could have stitched Duran applying the Vaseline, and it still wouldn't be enough to you know, give me uh, the feeling that uh, I really want this to happen anytime soon. Uh, and this, this used to happen in the 80s in Florida, Luby. It probably predates... Uh, your driving uh, career and uh, the time where you were actually behind the wheel of a car. You might have been in a car, 
But um, and, and it happened to me once before, a long time ago. Uh, I, I was with a girl in college that I had uh, spotted like in my junior year and finally late in, in my senior semester where we finally connected. And there was a shot there. I knew she broke up with her boyfriend. I zoomed right in. Uh, we made uh, fast uh, acquaintance uh, with each other. And then we ended up on a trip to Florida during spring break in her uh, Camaro that we were driving down here. And, of course, uh, coming from Syracuse, uh, you figured, all, all right, it's like, uh, you know, late, uh, what would it be, uh, just late March, early April. And we're down there on a uh, spring break, and we had taken the snow tires and the chains that we were using uh, on that car uh, around Syracuse, because it was still snowing there, off of the car, thinking, well, that's it, right? Yeah. So we, we drive all the way back from Florida in this thing, and we're on the uh, New York Thruway, and... Of course, blizzard no. conditions <laughs> pop up uh, in uh, early April. Okay. And so we're driving in like a blinding snow and we, we hit some uh, spot there on the road. The car starts to spin out of control and all of a sudden we're going backwards on the uh, whatever it was. I, I guess this would have been westbound lanes oh, and, and we're heading east on the westbound lanes. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and this is going on where the car's out of control. We have no control over it. She was driving. And uh, I'm thinking, geez, uh, you know, uh, if a car comes uh, in either of these two lanes, we're both dead meat. What a way to end, right? Finally get the girl, and uh, that's it. You know, you eat it at like 21 years old. Oh, my God. And uh, sure enough, uh, I mean, uh, now in the not too far off in the distance, here come a couple of semi-trucks occupying both lanes, coming in our direction, and we're heading straight for them. Car's still spinning, and at the last second, it spins off the road and we miss them both. Oh my! God. And it comes to a rest. Oh and I'm thinking, wow, I, I still have visions of this because uh, I was thinking, well, do I try to get in one more, you know, little smooch before we <laughs> Make go? <a> or... move. <laughs> no, I, I was. Uh, it was a horror show, <laughs> and uh, I, I was thinking, this is it. I'm about to eat it, and uh, oh, so yeah. it got out of that. But uh, it, that that was kind of the feeling, and you used to get this in Florida because uh, there were any number of roads. That were only two lanes, very treacherous. You had Alligator Alley, oh, very yeah. treacherous, oh, two-lane yeah. highway. Yep, yep. You had uh, the uh, road down to the Keys, also yes. very treacherous, yes. two-lane highway. US-1 yep. going down to the Keys, that yep. stretch there. Yep. And, you know, you've probably been drinking in the Keys all day. I would imagine oh, everybody else sucked. has been doing the same. <laughs> the way back sucked. Dark. I mean, there are no <laughs> lights on the slept. road, nothing. <laughs> That's the and it's two-lane highway, <laughs> and, and you're probably going to have to pass somebody, uh, yep. you know, at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, yep. Which uh, was the same thing, Alligator Alley. I remember uh, one time I pulled out to pass what I thought was one truck. And I pull out into the other lane there. And all of a sudden, I see it's a convoy of eight trucks. Oh, God. So now you're you're going to have to go like a quarter of a mile before you can get back in. No one's going to let you in. Not letting you in. And here come the lights coming the other way. Oh, Jesus. And and that's the feeling I had uh, when that puck was sliding down the ice there after... The uh, Panther coach had pulled a goalie. Uh, Bobrovsky was out with three minutes to go in the game. Very unusual move. They were in it. They were out shooting him two to one. Like they were, it wasn't like they did everything I asked of them. Samsonov has become Hashik or fucking Wah, but they were doing their job. I mean, they they played a real solid game yesterday. The only thing they didn't do is score. Uh, They they had a zillion uh, excellent scoring opportunities. They got lucky a couple of times because uh, Bobrowski came up big on some breakaways that they gave up, especially with players coming out of the penalty box. Yeah. They can't score on the power play. At I mean, uh, that's uh, like not being able to score on the uh, Heidi Fleiss pool party. Yep. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, while you're walking in with Charlie Sheen and Charlie's going her, 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 and her. 
And you're his wingman, and you're like, yeah, what about me? What do I, what do, I do? I'll wait for you outside in the car. <laughs> Couldn't score, no matter what uh, was happening. No matter what opportunities Not were in front of him, they were firing pucks. Uh, they outshot the uh, Capitals, uh, I believe, more than two to one uh, yeah. in, in the game. And yeah. uh, we're putting pressure on uh, the uh, offensive end all night long and uh, putting pressure on the Caps' defense, and they just couldn't get a puck to go in the net. I mean, uh, Puck's uh, sitting there right in front of the goaltender. He's sprawled out on the yes. ice. Uh, they couldn't get a guy <laughs> to get a stick get on a it, lift it up. Could have easily won this game three or four uh, <laughs> to two, or, you know, in regulation. Uh, maybe by yeah, by two or three goals, uh, they could have easily won this game, but uh, ha- had no luck in that regard. And now whether that's choking or the pressure of the playoffs or just knows. bad luck or bad breaks, uh, something uh, – you know, is happening here that uh, wasn't happening all season long. What was happening was this comeback ability by the Panthers. But three minutes to go in the game, and uh, they, they have possession of the puck uh, in the Capitals' end, and uh, the guy, uh, you know, sticks it away and and sends it down the ice. That thing missed by centimeters. What do you mean? It hit the post. <laughs> it hit it might have flicked off the outside of the post. I mean, it, it barely post. missed. And, and when you're watching that puck go down the ice, as I was watching it, even as I was watching it live, I was envisioning a truck coming straight at me (laughs) and hitting me in the face. And that truck had the face on it of Mike Mayo. Exactly. One of our contemporaries. Well, and also, it goes beyond Mayo, though. I mean, uh, to watch a team play a season like that and uh, get involved into thinking that, okay, I mean, they may not win the Stanley Cup, but they're a damn good team, and and it's about time, and we've been waiting for this forever, and they've been telling us, selling us this whole thing. Yeah, we're going to get the mix of veterans and rookies and all of this stuff, and it's going to be great. And then you had Joel Quenville coaching the team at the beginning of the season. He, uh, you know, gets erased in this uh, controversy over Kyle Beach with the uh, Blackhawks where uh, he was aware that uh, a player had made – an allegation of sexual abuse against one of his staff members. And I kind of told the guys at a meeting, Quenville, hey, let's keep it quiet until the cup is decided. Yep. Or he was with Not everyone. The greatest of uh, moves. And, and I, I really like Joel Quenville. I mean, we had him on that interview. He, he overwhelmed us with his he charm. Was classic. He was a degenerate. He, he was great. He was great. Yeah. A degenerate. He was talking about harness racing. Uh, we really uh, enjoyed talking to Joel Quenville. And, and pretty much everybody that was involved with Joel Quenville thought that this guy was a class guy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, did he make a mistake? Obviously, oh, obviously, in that situation, he did. Uh, was he the sole person to blame for it? No, no, no. no? Uh, should it have cost him his career? Uh, that's an interesting know. question. Years yeah. later, I mean, years after the fact, yeah. that something like that pops up, to, you know, it's a cancel culture. And uh, sure enough, uh, he, he resigned prior to uh, probably having to be fired and or disciplined by the National Hockey League. Interestingly, uh, with Barry Trotz getting fired yesterday by the uh, New York Islanders, Louie, Barry Trotz, my man Barry Trotz got canned. Can you believe it? He was like 150 and 100. Uh, he, uh, what, had uh, a Stanley Cup win? Didn't they win the uh, Cup? Or they went to the finals a couple of times in a row, the uh, New York Islanders? Yes. Uh, under Trotz. Or they were in and the past three or four years, that's for sure. They were a competitive franchise. They this year they were we bad. Yeah. Okay, it's one year, though. I mean, Trotz is, that's a weird move. Oh, no, he's an accomplished coach. Uh, look, uh, he, he helped Ovechkin uh, get his uh, lone Stanley Cup, right? Uh, Barry Trotz was there. And uh, actually, uh, after a contractual dispute, he, he left the Capitals for the Islanders after uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, very rare that that would happen. I mean, uh, might have been like Scotty Bowman retired after winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, or maybe it was one uh, or two other. There were one or two other coaches in NHL history, which uh, the NHL does strange things. I mean, they're not afraid to fire a guy that just won. The Stanley Cup. I mean, that's the kind of thing that can happen there. I don't know if that's actually ever occurred, but there have been teams 
where a guy won the Stanley Cup and then didn't come back and, and continued coaching, right, which was the case with Barry Trotz. He goes to the Islanders. He really revolutionized uh, the Islanders' uh, whole spirit. I mean, he turned it around and had them as one of the top teams in hockey. There were great expectations, the old Charles Dickens things for him, for him this year. And they started out with, like, the first 30 games on the road or something like that because their arena wasn't built yet. And they never really recovered. COVID, all kinds of crazy stuff, injuries. And they still ended up over 500, which you would think that that would be enough uh, with his uh, resume and his credentials to uh, keep him on the job. But Lou Lamarillo, who's uh, one of the more respected executives in the NHL, was with the Devils for many, many years. And they had a lot of success. And he's been pretty much successful anywhere he went. Uh, he he uh, just said, hey, I've uh, got to hear another voice here and, and fired Trotz, who he's had tremendous success with uh, also over the years. Uh, whose name pops up as a possibility to replace him? Joel Quenville, my friend. Oh, oh okay. Now, now, does Quenville uh, need some kind of clearance from the uh, NHL? I know he got fired mix? in the middle of one of the greatest. He didn't really get fired. Ever. He resigned. But, uh, you know, he chose I mean, they were to probably going to have to let him go. Penance. I mean, so isn't that the punishment? Like, it, the losing of the career, I don't know about. I mean, he went months. His whole career uh, out the window. I mean, if he wants to continue to coach, he's an older guy anyway. He's been around. But uh, yeah. what with his track record, Joel Quenville, uh, was that one incident 10 years ago, which uh, also had many other guilty parties. Yeah, yeah yes. He, 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 it wasn't him. The GM was the one that was like, let's not do this here. And he was the famous head coach, and he should have said, no, we're going to handle this. But he went in lockstep, and that was wrong. And that's fine. So he resigned. He lost his job. Cool. Lost this job. This, that, that, that was like 10 it, years ago. And yeah. That's what I'm saying. The next job, 10 years later, he owned up to it. He resigned, fell on the sword. Cool. All right. So it doesn't that even, I like, I don't know. Like that, to me, like that's, Joe Pa went kicking and screaming and Joe Pa knew what the hell was going on in a lot worse situation. Yeah. Like he didn't, he resigned of his own volition. He didn't make them drag him out. Like, isn't that penance? So you, and, and, you know, he, he didn't, you know, try to justify it or qualify it by saying, well, you know, it wasn't so bad. You know, who, who knew that the guy's allegations were real? He, he, he handled it with dignity as yes, well as you could. He did, as obviously. good as you could lay after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that gets into a lot of different, uh, very gray areas. I mean, uh, the right thing to do would have been to just say, hey, listen, man, we have to deal with this right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and not worry about, uh, you know, disrupting the uh, route to the Stanley Cup, which I believe the uh, Blackhawks won that yes, year uh, yes. under Joel Quenville. Uh, one of what, two or three? I think three. Stanley Cups that he won there? Three? three. Okay. So anyway, uh, he's a candidate. That's just an aside here uh, from the uh, game last night. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, that was, you're, you're on the brink. It, it was over. Uh, it looked like the move uh, was going to blow up in the face of, um, the Panthers as they uh, yank Bobrovsky three minutes to go. Uh, as soon as they pulled him out of the net, here comes this puck rolling. I mean, just flying down the ice. It misses by, uh, you know, less than a centimeter. Otherwise, it's game over. And you would have to think, for the most part, series over if you're down three. Oh, yeah. That, was done. that goes yeah. in. The series is over. I mean, you would think. Okay. So they end up uh, then avoiding that uh, in a mad scramble with still like a minute and change, almost two minutes to go in a game. They, they get the game time goal. And they end up winning the game in overtime, and so they're still alive there at two two. Pretty exciting stuff there, and uh, that just shows you how, how how many treacherous things that you have to endure to be able to win a championship. If indeed they're going to be able to do it, it does not look like championship caliber hockey no, no. right now. Although they played a great game last night, they really dominated that game. 
And uh, you could not uh, fault, uh, except for the fact that they cannot score on a power play. Which is crazy. And now have, uh, wow, I mean, uh, you talk about indignity. Uh, and, and this is not a great distinction to have, but that they are, I believe now it's still 0 for 14. Yes. I don't think they had any more power plays no. after they uh, missed on their first four power play opportunities. 0 for 14 in the series on the power play, and they're still in a 2-2 dead heat. Uh, not great. too bad. And they staved off another lengthy five on three. I think it was over 40 seconds of five on three. <laughs> then held on uh, for like another minute 17 uh, against, uh, I think there were like 43 seconds of five on three. A minute 17 then of uh, just a, a normal five on four power play. They stave all of that off to stay in the game. And uh, they end up uh, winning the game 3-2 in overtime. So 2-2 coming back. Uh, Mayo was canceling his reservations to uh, Anthony's <laughs> Runway 84. It's all over the place. <laughs> and uh, we, for the moment, were canceling our anxiety because exactly. uh, it, it was Resignation City if uh, if they lost that game. I, I, I do believe that uh, it was going to be impossible then to come back and uh, beat the – I mean, you never know, and you can't judge what would have happened in a subsequent series of events once something like this occurs. They still may lose the series in, in six or seven games. That, that's entirely possible. But uh, you would have to think that that was a momentum flip of enormous magnitude and that coming home after a day to think about it uh, and having played a, a very, very uh, good good hockey game last night. I mean, uh, they, they deserve to win by more than that thin margin in overtime just based on the overall play. If you were scoring it like a fight, uh, you would have had them well ahead, like uh, 116-112 over 12 rounds. Uh, they would have won it like eight rounds to four. Because uh, the Caps uh, never really seemed to be overwhelmingly uh, convincing that they were the better team last night. Nope. Uh, they did get a couple of goals, but both of those, I mean, uh, one was uh, a tip job by uh, T.J. Oshie, who, uh, I mean, just masterful. Uh, you, you couldn't have blamed uh, any of that on Bobrovsky. And then uh, Kuznetsov uh, skates in there off a semi-breakaway and makes just a beautiful move and uh, scores a goal right in front of the net. Uh, where uh, also, I mean, it's pretty hard to uh, point a finger at Bobrovsky. And he did stop a couple of breakaways in that game. So if you were worried about the goaltending for the Panthers being the problem, uh, that wasn't the case last night. They just could not get a puck by this guy uh, in net for the uh, for the Capitals. Enough. Literally, they had, and that's why I, you talk about resigned. Like, with three minutes left, when he pulled it, I'm like, wow, he's getting desperate. I'm like, even he realizes that the series is over. Like, Samsonov had allowed two goals in six periods. Yeah. Six periods. It's like, oh my it god. It should just be Samson, on? period. Never yeah, mind the exactly. OB. Exactly. I'm like, what is going who is this guy? I've never heard of him. They didn't even yeah. start the series with him. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, that was amazing, yeah. All right, so so they're alive and uh, it'll be game five coming up. Colorado uh, did what you would expect yes. as you've been saying, a number one seed to do. They annihilated the Nashville Predators, swept them in four games, and uh, now I'll be sitting chilly as they go against what uh, clearly appears to be a much weaker Western Division field. And are, are sitting in pretty good shape there to uh, make a run all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And, and maybe, I, I don't know, I mean, difficult to see. You had the Penguins playing great last night against the Rangers. And they put the Rangers in a 3-1 hole. Uh, you still have, uh, you know, this series involving Toronto and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think you can ever discount the Lightning with their uh, recent playoff history. And the fact that uh, they're just always uh, with this current uh, core of players that they put together. They're, they're just always going to be formidable, and uh, they have what some people feel is the best goaltender uh, in the postseason, uh, as evidenced by uh, what happened to the Florida Panthers last year 
when they could have uh, easily won that series against the Lightning, except for the fact that they ran into a brick wall in the pipes uh, from uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, Tampa does boast a roster of very, very talented, high-scoring, high-flying players. So uh, they certainly could be a factor uh, as the uh, playoffs continue. I think that one's also a 2-2, right? Yep. Maple Leafs and the yep, Lightning. Yep, yep, yep. And... Um, you know, just a real, real tough road. I mean, but uh, we have to make it out of the first round to avoid paying off the debt. Yeah, the first round. And <laughs> that would seem to have been a gimme. I mean, I don't know that I ever felt more comfortable going into a series uh, about the uh, potential outcome. But uh, certainly is on some dicey turf right now. But a lot of fun. Uh, does that not make the game a thousand times more interesting? Having some money on a game. I, I oh, say yeah. this all the time, Mike Luby Libitz. Having a few bucks on a game makes all the difference in the world, uh, even if it's a simple thing uh, like a dinner bet. Now, uh, this would be a bit of a pricey dinner, yeah, especially with Mayo's <laughs> tension for ordering everything on the menu and then eating it and then ordering more. Hey, he's already so, he named two entrees. I'm like, two entrees? Like, yeah, well, I'm like, who gets two entrees? I don't they go, serve you enough there, uh, you know, that uh, you could order like one thing and yeah, it's not a it French restaurant. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're you're getting like duck confit and it's like you can't yeah, even see the medallions duck. of mahi yeah, mahi, right? I mean, Where you, like, you need an electron microscope to uh, see what it is that's on. Uh, uh, is there anything on that plate or is it just exactly. a garnish? Uh, it's a legit, waiter, waiter. It's like they forgot the entree. A legit Italian <laughs> restaurant. Like, they're going to give yeah. you a lot of food. You don't need two entrees. I'm like, what the hell is he? I'm like, this guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, very generous with other people's money, man. I mean, exactly. uh, he, he is definitely uh, OPM, <laughs> other people's money. He should be like Dave Del Dotto selling real estate. <laughs> and you can do this without having a single dime to your name, of <laughs> yeah, course. <I'm> sure. <laughs> I can go to uh, Maui and buy a mansion on a hilltop there overlooking the Pacific, even though I don't have a dime in my pocket. <laughs> that was a little bit of a far-fetched concept. Did that actually work for anybody? Is there anybody out there that bought the tapes from Dave Del Dotto? That ended up becoming a uh, real estate, uh, you know, entrepreneur. I, if you do real I, estate I the right not, way, right? there is ways to borrow money that's not yours. Well, but, I know all about that. Well, yeah, well, you're paying exactly. First of all, you're paying the, the percent you're paying is ridiculous. Second, you better make sure you don't have any like every house sells. Like that's the problem is you get caught with houses and then eventually it eats you. Like if you don't have your own money at all. It has to go perfectly right, and you have to be the best businessman ever, or it usually will blow up in your face. You just described every gambling situation <laughs> that ever roped somebody into doing, doing this uh, on a regular basis throughout their <laughs> lifetime, uh, where you walked in on the track with nothing, somebody loaned you with 20, you turned it into 200, you gave the guy back his 20 plus another 20, and uh, went on to turn that and parlay that into 2,000, and now you think you can do this every, every time. single time. Yeah, every time. That's the thing. It's the inducement of free play. I mean, it really is. Now, uh, you know, free play is uh, great. When you go into a casino like Hialeah Park, they give you free play. How can you beat that? But think about, I, I just saw an offer uh, during one of the uh, ads uh, in the NBA playoff game last night with the Celtics beating the Bucks. When it looked like the Bucks so were going to handle the Celtics and be up 3-1 in that series. And there was another one where uh, all the experts all of a sudden were going to look like, uh, you know, they were wearing an omelet on their head. Because uh, and have it just dripping like a mushroom right into their eyeball, because uh, everybody, including me, I, I thought the Celtics, uh, you know, for the better part of the season, were the best team in the Eastern Conference, and probably you talk about a tough out for your, your Miami Heat will be in action tonight, Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, Celtics uh, certainly would appear to be formidable. 
I, I don't know what the status of the uh, center Williams is. Is he ever coming back? He's not is playing he this game. He's not. Well, no, he he had come back. He was playing, and he has some soreness, so he's supposed to be out for the next game. Okay, so there's a strong possibility though that the Celtics go on beat the Bucks now two two in a series going back to uh, Boston. If they do beat the Bucks, uh, that they will face the Heat with this guy in the lineup. And we've seen what a difference uh, the presence of a big man defensive. Well, uh, Embiid's not really a defensive presence, but uh, just there. the presence of a big man can be in that ballgame. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's interesting tonight. Most people anticipate the Heat will just kind of roll over the uh, Philadelphia yeah, 76ers returning like home. Uh, is the crowd going to be yelling, Duncan, Duncan? Well, what's I, up with Spolster and his reluctance to throw a guy out there that can actually shoot? That's, well, that's the thing. People were like, well, do you really think Robinson's going to be the savior? I'm like, they didn't need a savior. Dude, they, they were down by five with three minutes left, and they were seven for 35 from three, and the Sixers shot over 50% from three. So just think, if he hits two threes, like, I don't need Duncan yeah. to hit eight. Like, that's the thing. That's what people don't get is they played horrendous these last two games, and they were within five point, three to five points with four minutes and three minutes. Like, and the Sixers got contributions from everyone. So just think if anyone shows up. That's my thing with Robinson. I don't need him starting or whatever. He's not playing for a reason. But throw him out there. Let him get a few minutes to see if he can hit a three. Just change the momentum a little bit. That's all they've needed in these games. It's not like he was in a slump. No, he's playing into fine. These games. He, he just can't play defense. He went to the bench after going eight for nine on three yeah, pointers. Yeah. And he hasn't played this since. would be like the Sixers sitting Danny Green at, at this stage, Honestly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. Where, you know, normally you would say, okay, Danny Green, he's been in the league for 100 years. He broke in with Elgin Baylor. I mean, uh, why the hell would you be playing this guy uh, in a postseason second-round series uh, at critical times? But when the guy just made, like, uh, you know, what was it? I mean, he's on some kind of a ridiculous run of, like, you know, 11 for 15 or yeah, something, something like from three-point mm-hmm. range in the last couple of games. I don't know if it's quite that, but it's in that area. And can you imagine? I mean, as dumb as Doc Rivers was for leaving Embiid in that ballgame against Toronto with four minutes to go up 29. Imagine if he sat Danny Green. He would be crucified. Spolster, though, is at another level, right? He's kind of like, and, and you know, maybe this is the kind of coach that we need here in South Florida. One of those cerebral guys, like, like uh, you know, the new Dolphin coach. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. thinking... Okay, he's a little out there, isn't he? Oh, he's out there. We had that with Cam Cameron, though. When Coco Cameron started spewing out all of that bizarre philosophy, he was weird. You thought, uh, this guy is either like the greatest coach since Bill Walsh in terms of innovation, or he is just flat out nuts. They should (laughs) outfit him with a jacket that ties in the back. And that turned out to be the case. (laughs) Same thing, Adam Gase, right? With the Marty Feldman eyes, uh, Adam Gase. Wow, what a strange-looking cat he turned out to be without a hat on. He, that's a guy that should never take a hat off, and not necessarily because of hair loss issues. Just uh, <laughs> he just looked weird. <laughs> yeah, he looks certifiable, man. I mean, uh, he looked like Peter Laurie. <laughs> the actor that was always like the uh, you know, the side man. Yes, you will be a little bit uncomfortable here, speaking of being uncomfortable. All right, so the uh, cat stay alive, uh, the heat tonight. Uh, that's on a local scene. Uh, a lot of other issues that taking place uh, all around the league. Golden State uh, gets by somehow. Uh, Memphis. Memphis was playing a good ball game again uh, without John Morant in there, and a Golden State uh, found a way to win late in the ball game and uh, ends up now with a three-one lead over the Memphis Grizzlies. Even though Golden State was the lower seed uh, going into that series, but uh, playing some good basketball, good enough uh, to win uh, with uh, Memphis. Um, I don't know where they. 
How badly compromised were they without John Morant? You, you would have I to guess think. Not. I don't. I don't understand this. I, yeah. Like, I, they almost won. <laughs> like yeah. the Warriors had to make a what? mad dash. <laughs> like I don't understand. How, how could they be worse? And Morant is not one of those players that uh, you know, like James Harden was with the Rockets, where uh, okay, he would have fifty-five points, and if he had a bad game, they got clobbered. Yep. Uh, you know, but they had uh, essentially a, a, a large upside, uh, high percentage winning record. Yep. Uh, but but how could you be worse with John Morant and, and a cast that's capable of winning on their own? Uh, because Morant isn't the type of player that compromises everybody else. No, no, if anything, no. I think he compliments everybody else very well. He does. That's what that's yeah. really what he does. That's what's weird. He gets people involved. I mean, uh, with his ability to uh, drive into the paint area there. Listen to me using, uh, you know. <laughs> Mr. Basketball. All of a sudden, I'm on the NBA <laughs> network here. Yeah, well, you know what? They're strong in the paint. He's driving and kicking. <laughs> That's all anybody does uh, anymore. Kicking oh, and man. screaming. They, they start flailing their arms <laughs> to get the call. And if they don't get that, boom. Ball's out to the corner. When, when, when would you ever be standing in the corner and have a guy drive to the basket and throw you the ball? That never happened oh, back no, in the day. No, no, no. They were mad at you. If you were in the corner, the guy would have been screaming while he was trapped in there amidst a, a, an octopus-like sea of arms and legs saying, come inside and help me. You're standing in the corner. Here, here. Ren Arbach's got to be rolling over in his grave watching this stuff, right? And he wasn't afraid to let, like, Bailey Howell hoist one out of the corner. Right, Tommy Heinsohn with the hook shot out of the corner, but you wouldn't see like Kuzi drive inside, draw six people to him, and then shoot the ball out to the thirty foot line. You have to be kidding me. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a dynamic uh, that has changed. But John Morant, uh, watching him play, it does not strike me as a guy who is so ball dominant that that no. the rest of the guys are just standing around and uh, blowing dust off their fingertips uh, before they get a chance to hoist a couple of shots. I mean, they're all involved in a game, are they not? It, he, he puts such pressure on from a pace standpoint that you have to be alive if you're one of the supporting players on the Memphis Grizzlies ball club. But uh, somehow, and uh, what, they, they lost that thing late? Steph Curry, did yes. he go nuts uh, in that ball game late in the game? Late. I, I didn't catch the end of it. Yeah. The Warrior, Draymond Green had like two points or three points. Clay had like 14 or 11 yeah. It was literally Steph Curry in the fourth quarter went crazy. Like I didn't watch it. I just read about it this morning. Like I thought, okay, they must have won easy. They're like Warriors come back late in the fourth quarter and avoid embarrassment. And yeah. beat I the saw Grizzlies. some of it early on. Uh, you know, and, and Memphis was playing great. And you're looking at it going, how is this possible? I don't, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, that might be one of the biggest aberrations in terms of uh, sporting numerology that uh, you could find on any platform. And that is the Grizzlies record in a significant number of games. It's not like, uh, you know, you had some manager that was an interim manager, so his lifetime record is 1-0, and like Cookie Rojas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this was 25 games of regular season ball when uh, people knew that Memphis was a very good team and figured yep. uh, if Morant's out of the lineup, now's our time to go ahead and, yep. uh, you know, steal one uh, off the schedule here where uh, otherwise we might have penciled on a loss. And they go 20-5. and five. Yeah, during that time and have a, a higher, significantly higher win percentage than they do w with Morant in the lineup. So I don't know. That, that's one of the uh, most yeah, odd weird. things that, that I've seen in terms of basketball statistical material. Uh, maybe what? Uh, since the uh, advent of the NBA. How, how is this possible? 
Well, because it's not like yeah. the bad with him. It's not the thing where like Durant would miss games once in a while and Westbrook could take over. So that's why the Thunder would win and people said stupid things. Like they're not better without him, but they don't yeah. suck without him. Like when he goes out, a guy like that, like, yes, the Mavs won one game without Doncic. Donkic, whatever the hell, however you pronounce it. Brunson went off, fine. But they weren't winning the series versus the Jazz without Donkic. Like, the Grizzlies can win a series without Ja, which is really weird. Like, Pretty amazing, yeah. He's great, and he's he's a passer. He's a willing passer. Like, it's just it's just really weird. It's it's not normal. All right, so anyway, uh, Golden State now appears to be in a commanding uh, position yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Uh, we stay alive last night, and we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Heat favored by three and a hook. Should in this be. ball game tonight, but they they were very listless and lackluster were, outside of Jimmy Butler all the way around, including yep. I don't know, including Spolstra. I don't know. Has he got some kind of vendetta against this kid because he got all the money? You have to love a guy that goes eight for nine from three point range. If you could find that guy, and if he had even done it like two years ago, well, you you would throw Rex Chapman out there. Yeah, give him a the run. way the Heat are shooting threes, and just say I'm talking about the current Rex Chapman. Yes, yes, I get. I just say, hey, Rex. I mean, one time you you went eight for nine against or nine for ten against the Bulls. Are you kidding me? Yep. Who were at full strength? A miraculous, a historic uh, NBA game. And uh, just go out there and hoist a few. See if the shots still uh, still falling. I right? get it. Struce was out playing him, and Struce gives you more than Robinson gives you. Okay. But if no one's hitting anything, like don't you try stuff? Like that's it's brick city doing. out there, unbelievable. From the Coke machine, there's another brick. That's, that, that's, that's all you're hearing from the announcers. How come the announcers are afraid to just say, "Hey, quit hoisting those bricks"? Uh, yeah, I, I tell you, it was all over. It was uh, Stan Van Gunny last night with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, and he's now four, or at least he was at the time, four for twenty-four during the postseason from three-point range. He just keeps hoisting them up. Yeah. He still sucks and you know what happens? Outside. You get the long rebound, comes bonking off the back rim, comes out to the free throw line. Other team gets the ball, hoists one down the floor, and you're giving up a layup on top of that. So not only are you wasting, completely blowing yep. an offensive opportunity, but uh, usually giving up points at the other end very quickly so yes. in uh, transition. So why would you keep hoisting them, right? Every time he uh, goes to the basket, uh, even with the six steps they allow him, yeah. he scores. Yeah. Right? Talk about a guy that changes pivot feet. Oh, wow. no, he, he takes lots of steps. Oh, my God. Literally, I mean, uh, I'm surprised, like, uh, Gino Tamiola doesn't put up a score. Hey, that's a 10. <laughs> you brought out all of the dance moves that we expect to see in the perfect uh, cha-cha. It's like, what? Well, where, where's the traveling call? All right, um, and, and I like Giannis. Uh, you know, I'm glad they don't call any walks on him because uh, it, it is amazing how he can get to the basket from the top of the key without dribbling the ball once. And yeah, somehow exactly. not take more than two exactly. steps. <laughs> <laughs> I love this stuff. All right. Uh, the agent to the stars, Brett Tesser. He, he's a big hockey fan, man. He, he has the seats right on the glass. I would imagine yes. uh, he'll have some commentary on uh, last night's game. I, I don't know if he felt like he was about to get into a head-on collision as a <laughs> puck. Did you see that thing? It just. I saw. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. You know, the, the surprise of uh, the team losing, being dead wrong, or having to listen to Mayo. Mayo. The mayo's the worst part. That's why. Mayo, yeah. No. yeah that's and now part. he's acting all humble. Oh, well, you said all along, Panthers and six. Yeah, you he know does what, that. He, he moves quicker than that. Like, I've been the same. I haven't. After that first game, when they look like ass, I have yet to be confident. Like, I've kept this base on. He, every game changes his stance. It's the most strange thing. Like, he ebbs and flows by each game. He's like, Reddick, JJ Reddick was the one media member that actually paid attention to the Heat. 
They struggled in two games. Now it's over. He's like, yeah, the Heat are done. They're gonna they're gonna lose in six. It's like, okay, JJ. I mean, well, they see, were on uh, the road. <laughs> like, well, he did play for the Sixers. He was a key uh, yeah, role player weird. there for a couple of years <laughs> during the process. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Brett, uh, and uh, is Harvey going to be with us later on no, today? Because I really want to talk some tennis with Harvey, no? No, Harvey. What Harvey, happened? He's, he's, he's defected he's from the show? In. He's sleeping in. That's what he, was, he said. Sleeping in, all right. Sleeping uh, in. That's not exactly the kind of dedication and loyalty that you need. Well, it is. Uh, to make it in this business, Harvey Fialkoff. What is that? All right, to. well, uh, talk to Brett. He's always <laughs> dedicated and ready to go. I'm wondering if Rhett was hanging around. You know, he, he does uh, hang out in high social circles. You think he was hanging out at the F1 thing? Oh, possibly. Yeah. I, actually, I, I feel like I saw pictures of him there. You see the picture of uh, Brady, Jordan, Beckham, and uh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, so that's who the fourth person was. Because I saw the three people, and then I was yeah. like, who's the fourth guy? That was Hamilton. He was the F1 guy. The only guy in the sport the that was actually taking sport. place is the most unrecognizable. Yeah, of course, because nobody gives a crap. The professor hit it right on the head. Nobody gives a flying one about Formula One racing, yeah. and yet it's bigger than the Super Bowl. You see your man Garfinkel, man? He was beaming. Somehow he became like the president of the F1 organization. It's almost like Jose Suleiman oh, appointing really? his son as the uh, president of the World Boxing Council. In his outgoing speech. <laughs> oh, he's not Garfinkel's not with the Dolphins anymore. No, he. You oh, know, I guess okay. he's you know got he's that everything. job too. But uh, you know, he's he was everything. he was heading up whatever the organization was. Of course, they always talk the same stuff though. Uh, you know, these people. Uh, well, we want to do something a little bit different. Yeah, okay. Right? Like what? Grab the fans' money at a ridiculous, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and disproportionate rates to the level of entertainment they're going to receive and the treatment. It did look like they set it up pretty well, though. I don't know. Were, were people complaining that the track was the like race, a clown circuit? The racers were. I, I read a few racers actually complaining. The fans thought it was great. All I saw was people It'd having It'd be like staging the Masters at Boomers. Is what it just felt about, weird. Right? Like, well, yeah. Usually the track is the thing, and they just like took up the parking lot. Like Literally, they closed off the exit from the highway, and, I, and me and the professor were like, so how are people getting there? And then you see the tracks there. <laughs> so they couldn't get get there from the highway. So it was like, oh, that's not weird. <laughs> what is it? They tore down the park and put up a parking lot? Yeah, house? it's like strange. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever, guys. All right. Those parking lots were never anything special, though. I mean, uh, you know, when you had to go to the Camelot, as we used to call it, uh, where yeah. you parked on the sand somewhere. Yep, yep. And they handed like a, a turban and a <laughs> <laughs> slice of an orange so that you might not dehydrate before you actually got to the stadium because uh, the people that were parking in the Tootsie's parking lot were closer to the game than you were going to be. <laughs> Tootsie's a local strip club a yes. couple of miles down the street for the uninitiated. All right, Brett Tesser, the agent of the stars. Uh, Harvey, there's no excuse. I mean, uh, I don't know what to say about that. Look at your phone. You, you don't look at your phone. I, 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 look at your phone. He sent us a message. I won't put him on. Oh, phone. he did. He did. Take All right. your phone. All right, we'll uh, we'll put him on uh, notice then. Uh, but uh, anyway, no, no, there were a lot of tennis things I wanted to get into uh, with Harvey Fialkoff, who's are, you know, I mean, there's nobody more absorbed in it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm watching this stuff. It's been sensational all during what would normally be kind of an off season, I guess, for a lot of people, because uh, they tend to only gravitate towards uh, the slams, right? Is it Wimbledon? Is that the only thing that draws attention? Because the French Open is the, the wildest of these tournaments. There are certain specialists, so, uh, you know, it does have some limitations. But at the same time, I mean, uh, when you watch these matches, five setters on the red clay, Luby, you have to be kidding me, man. Yeah, it's insane. 
That spin from Nadal, I mean, after a while, your head literally would go Linda Blair and the Exorcist. I mean, just be spinning around just trying to follow the damn ball. And you're keeping your eye on a ball, and it's coming at you like one of those highlight egg balls. Wah, 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 wah. Tough to deal with, my friend. Tough to deal with, especially when it, uh, you know, pops six feet in the air after it hits the ground. All right. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of fun there. Sorry, Harvey, uh, that you couldn't make it. Uh, so we'll uh, table that conversation. I guess it'll still be very relevant again next week. But we'll come back with Brent in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 740. Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305 453-9066. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee for you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. The simple pleasures of this job, the way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field, the way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. Less, more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves in the games too. The agent to the stars, the one and only Brett Tesler. Welcome back to the show. I don't know if this will uh, show up on the uh, video stream as well as it uh, should. You see that? Leslie Visser sent me that. That was uh, with regard to the Celtics, Luby. Oh. But it could also have been the Panthers. I mean, I was going to say zombies. running scared. I was going to say running scared. <laughs> zombies coming out of the grave there. I mean, uh, Lazarus City. All right. Uh, we welcome the show. Uh, and this is great. Uh, and I was babbling on there a little bit, but uh, didn't mean to cut into uh, any of the time that we want to spend with uh, Brett Tessie, the agent of the stars. Uh, and uh, uh, unbelievable uh, job that uh, he, he has done uh, throughout his career in the NFL, much like Michael D. Wilde has done in the financial world when it comes to wills and trusts. My brother just had a thank you note to Michael D. Wild for still advising us on what needs to be done to uh, – you can't even die in this world anymore. It's as complicated as ever. Yep, yep, yep. And um, Michael D. Wild is the kind of guy that will stick with you through uh, the entire process and uh, still helping out with uh, my mother's affairs, which, uh, you know, she passed away almost a year ago. We welcome to the show uh, Brett Tester, the agent of the stars. Uh, Brett, how are you, my friend? I suppose he's doing fine. Brett, how are you, my friend? Is uh, Brett Tesler, uh, he's hanging in the weeds there somewhere. I see uh, Luby on camera. You guys that are watching a visual can uh, see this happening here. And uh, no doubt there's a, a button that is askew. 
And uh, to begin, all right, uh, all right, Luby's going to uh, try and uh, connect again with Brett Tensley, the agent of the Stars. Uh, but uh, no, Brett, a huge hockey fan. He has great seats. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it depends. People really are. There was always, uh, for some reason, a big debate about where where is the best place to sit at a hockey game. You would think uh, lower bowl red line uh, would, would be it, but I, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I think you're kind of better off at an angle uh, around one of the goals. If you can get lower bowl seats at a hockey game, uh, you really get a fantastic view of everything. And uh, Brent offers me a couple of tickets to the game one night, and uh, I say, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of going out there. Uh, we know uh, this is true. It's not just cliche that, uh, when you watch a hockey game live, it's a night and day difference in terms of, uh, you know, the whole visual and the whole feeling that you get uh, versus watching it on TV, which, uh, you know, they've done a much better job of making it viewable on TV. It's no longer impossible to follow everything uh, with uh, the technology they have today. A lot easier than it was back in the old day you know, when you were saying, hey, wait, wait a minute. Was that a, a puck to the eye that Nielsen took? I couldn't see it. Now you get everything. All right. Uh, we have Tess. Uh, very good. Uh, Brett Tesser, the agent to the uh, stars, joins us here. And uh, Brett, how are you, my friend? Hey, doing great, Deep. Thanks. All right. Uh, I know you're a huge Panther fan. I was just talking about uh, you might have the best seats in the house at, at these uh, Panther games. So uh, question one is, uh, are you going to be out of town uh, tomorrow or, uh, you know, those, those seats available? I mean, you have to get away in a hurry. <laughs> Uh, you know, how, how, no. the, what's the situation look like there? No, no, very much look forward to being there. Like we were at the first two home games and uh, had a little get together at the house last night. A few buddies came over and uh, man, what a wild one. Oh. And it just goes to show, I mean, it's a game. They say sports are a game of inches. Certain sports are. Yeah. Um, you look at that empty netter that oh. literally missed by what, two, three inches. Oh, that puck goes in, the game is over, and then down 3-1, the series is probably over. As it turns out now, tied 2-2, two, two, uh, two or three remaining games at home. I think at this point, uh, they're on track to win the series. Would you say this? We've been speculating on this. Uh, that and, and, you know, Dave Hyde gave us a couple of really good examples of uh, the most deflating moments in South Florida sports history where you, you were just so amped. Uh, to have uh, your team in an event and, and, and some postseason play or whatever. And, and uh, he equated it, and I, I think it would be up there with the collapse of the Hurricanes in the Fiesta Bowl when Vinny T threw like six picks, including uh, who was the guy, uh, Giftopoulos or whatever the guy's name was, uh, that intercepted a pass, a slug of a linebacker, gets in front of a Vinny Testaverde outwitzer and ends the ball game. Uh, and, and the Canes outplayed him badly. But but the Panthers going out in the first round of the postseason after the year they had, you, you went to a lot of games this year. I mean, this was as good a season as any team in any sport has ever had during the regular season, I think, in the time I've been here in South Florida. So uh, how, how desperate would things get if they got knocked out in this first round, which still is a possibility? I mean, I'm not going to lie, Defoe. It's, you know... Obviously, I love that team, and I'm friends with uh, many people in the organization, in the front office, and whatever. But uh, coming off this season where they won the President's Trophy for you know being the greatest team in the regular season, uh, and, and the fashion in which they beat so many teams, I mean, just a real high-powered offense. I mean, some of the numbers were record-setting. So, 
if you came into this thing as the number one seed and you ended up getting beaten by the eighth seed, it would be devastating. And, uh, and let's just hope that, uh, thankfully, because the last night that that will not now be the case, because look, it wouldn't be the first time it's happened. Tampa was the number one seed a couple of years ago or two, three years ago. And I think they got swept. swept. And, uh, but, but that's an organization that has had mm-hmm. a lot of success both before and since in the case of the Panthers, I think their history is pretty well documented and, uh, it would be, uh, a, a massive blow. I mean, just, I mean, look, yeah, it'd be great for them to win the cup this year if there's any way it's possible, but if nothing else, please, for the first time in my six years of being a season ticket holder, let them get out of the first round. Are you inclined at all as a season ticket holder to, uh, you know, like Luby would, lead a revolt? If they don't make it out of the first round, though, well, will you be banging <laughs> on the uh, doors there with a uh, megaphone in hand saying, uh, we can't stand this anymore. We want our money back. Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, and, and, and what's odd still, Brett, I mean, uh, you know, we, we were around, uh, of course, uh, and I sort of got interested uh, in going to games uh, during that Panther run. It wasn't like I was, uh, you know, jumping on the bandwagon, but it turned out to be fine. Even if that was, uh, you know, the motivation, that was just to uh, ride the uh, coattails of a winner. And uh, the enthusiasm around town was immense. And I've been, uh, we went out to a little watch party that we were holding with uh, Mike Mayo. And that's a whole nother story I want to get into. But, uh, and, and, and really, there wasn't a whole lot of attention being paid to these games, which I find incredible because, uh, you know, it was a long, long way from uh, where it was in 96, 97 when the sport was still relatively new. But, but people really got caught up in this sort of NHL postseason fever, which it, it, it's probably the most contentious postseason and toughest trophy to win in all the sports. I, I don't know if you would agree with that being so entrenched in the NFL. Well, I mean, as we know about the South Florida sports fan, uh, they will get on board with whatever um, becomes an event, uh, whatever appears to be something that's going to be successful. And so, obviously, they've won some championships with the Heat over the last decade. And uh, now you've got, uh, you know, a hockey team that uh, made it to the playoffs. And I think as they get control of this series and start making their way toward the Cup, I think you'll see a lot more people getting on board. There's no question, again, that losing that first game at home definitely took a lot of wind out of the sales of the uh, fans down here, I'm sure. All right. I, I know you're not a big betting guy. I guess, uh, you know, there are probably restrictions on that, uh, you know, or maybe it's not uh, necessarily applauded, uh, even with all the betting uh, angles that there are now uh, and uh, tie-ins with, with professional sports. But uh, see, uh, now, if I had put $1,000 on the Panthers to win the series, uh, I would not be as upset about them losing in the first round as I will be because we have to buy Mike Mayo dinner at Runway 84, one of your favorite spots. Now, we know it's a good value there, but it is a little pricey, uh, you would say. I'm sure you've picked up many a check there, you know, when you've had clients in town. And and when I've been at your table, which uh, – and you don't flinch, Brett, which is a nice thing about you. I mean, uh, you know, it's not like there's an awkward moment or anything, usually even prearranged so that nobody ever goes to their pocket. But uh, it will pain me more. I don't know. Would you feel this way? I, I would rather lose – three times as much cash as uh, I would than losing this bet to Mayo 
and having to buy this guy dinner and watch him gloat. Uh, how would you feel about that situation if you were me? Well, if you were to lose, I think you'd pick the right restaurant because Runway yeah. uh, is closed now. I think uh, Thursday they shut down. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the series going six helped us out a lot. And now... <laughs> no, they're doing uh, they're doing a massive renovation yeah. there, which yeah, I'm not too thrilled about because, in my opinion, why mess with perfection? Uh, but this is what they're doing, and uh, I think like they're probably going to be closed. Yeah, yeah pro- probably going to be uh, closed through the year. So. Uh, Either way, by the time they reopen, I'm sure either party will forget about that bet. Oh, he won't be friends anymore. I mean, that's for sure. He'll, he'll never forget about the bet. Believe me, he's, man's become insufferable uh, based on that. All right, so do you feel comfortable now, you being a, a diehard Panther fan? And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because the, the sport really won you over. You were not like a lifetime hockey fan, were you? I mean, growing up in Cleveland, there was little reason to be involved in pucks. Now, this this is something we got into here about five, six years ago. It took my son with a buddy who took his son. And, you know, Brandon and I just fell in love with it and got season tickets. And, uh, you know, we've gone to the majority of home games since. And uh, hopefully, again, uh, I wouldn't say that I feel, what was the word you used? Um, I wouldn't say that we have this thing under control yet. But let's no. just say that uh, last night was a major How relief because again, if this, yeah, if this thing goes in the other direction, uh, I think they'd be pretty hard pressed to dig themselves out of the three-one hole because, in Washington's defense, they've really taken the Panthers out of their game. They've kind of kept them bottled up in the neutral zone, uh, done a good job, uh, you know, keeping us uh, trapped and playing a physical game, playing good defense, and obviously their goaltending has really been good. And so that's what wins in the playoffs. And that's the only thing that makes you nervous about this team. You know, in the regular season, they could be down 5-1 in the third. No problem. Come back and win it. I don't know that that style of success really translates well into the postseason of hockey. No, the Caps uh, have played brilliantly, uh, you know, making use of uh, what they have. And to beat 2-2 in the series is no small accomplishment considering – you know, how the Panthers uh, played all season long, and, and it was thrilling. Uh, and you thought they could pull it off again. But uh, now, did, did you think uh, it was crazy to, to pull the goalie with three minutes to go? One final thing on this. Uh, I mean, uh, when, when that happened, uh, you know, two schools of thought, and nearly blew up in their face immediately. But uh, what was your thought at that time? I mean, were you ready to throw in the towel on the season? I mean, I don't think it was as brilliant of an idea as most people seem to think just because, I was telling everybody that was here with four minutes left. Yeah, we're probably going to pull the goalie in about a minute. Just because yeah. under normal circumstances, if you're at a normal juncture in a postseason, um, not about to go down 1-3. And yeah. if your offense is functioning in a normal way, you know, a couple more minutes is more than enough time to score a goal. But just the way that our offense has looked throughout the series – and the job they've done sort of keeping us out of rhythm and just the sloppiness and everything else, all the turnovers. My attitude is at that point, what do you have to lose? Might as well do it because again, trying to get set up offensively five on five in their zone, haven't had a whole lot of success with it throughout the series. So he did make the correct decision. Thankfully it did pay off and uh, let's hope that they can take care of business at home tomorrow night and uh, go up three, two, and, you know, be in pretty good position to move on to the next round. 
used to watch a lot of this movie during rainout theater when I was a kid watching baseball games, faking a stomachache so I could watch the Yankees on TV while home from school. And uh, it was a Carol Chessman story. And we got a call from the governor at the last minute. Last night. Like- that's, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, it staved off having to listen to a lot of malarkey from when uh, Michael Q. Mayo. Uh, sports writer uh, extraordinaire, uh, you know, from the Sun Sentinel for so many years and now big-time food critic. All, all right, uh, NFL, a couple of things. Uh, what happens with Baker Mayfield? Is anybody going to make a play for this guy? or uh, what, What's his fate, uh, in your opinion, Brett Tessa? You know, it kind of surprises me a little bit that maybe a team like a Seattle or like a Carolina wouldn't have tried to make a move for him because, look, I mean, the guy was the number one overall pick a few years ago, and uh, – he has had some moments of success. Obviously, uh, he also had some disappointing moments in Cleveland, which is why they've uh, turned the page from him. But uh, I believe that, you know, whatever it is, $18, 19000000 million this year that he's guaranteed, it's really not a lot of money for a starting quarterback who still has some upside and could still have a good future in the league. So uh, I'm surprised that uh, a couple more teams aren't interested. Obviously, uh, having the ability to also potentially get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's, you know, a proven starter, who's had some success in the league, um, that could complicate things a little bit. So I just feel like every day that goes by, the Browns sort of lose leverage. It sort of becomes a little bit more awkward within the building, I'm sure. And, um, you know, from a, uh, um, from, from a pure, um, uh, mechanic standpoint, he's guaranteed the money. And so it doesn't hurt them to hold on to him in the event that Deshaun Watson is suspended or if somebody were to get injured, you know, within their own building. But nonetheless, uh, I think at this point, you know, with just the, 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 the things that have gone on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, him sort of wearing out his welcome, uh, them, Apparently leaking out some negative things about him. It's probably better that that relationship ends sooner rather than later. And so, you know, maybe they hold on to him through camp, see what happens, see if another team has a guy go down. Uh, but ultimately, I think uh, one way or the other, he probably has to go. Yeah, you would think so. How weird would it be to have him replace a suspended Deshaun Watson as a starter? And you're thinking uh, all of that rigmarole. You know, it was for nothing. They ended up in the in the same place. Uh, all right, Brett. I mean, you don't want to be uh, stuck uh, holding a bag uh, when uh, you know things happen in life where you know you have issues, legal issues, uh, settling somebody's estate or affairs, and especially your own. And a guy to go to for uh, that. Or and, and look, it's a very volatile world out there today. So you need uh, you know really sound, solid financial planning. And, and the guy to go to is Michael D. Wild. Yep, Michael Wild at SouthFloridaWills.com. Always the way to go when it comes to, you know, just basic estate plans, wills, trust, um, as well as more complex forms of asset, uh, of asset protection, LLCs, uh, you name it. Uh, reach out to Michael Wild, SouthFloridaWills.com. Very good. All right. Uh, thanks uh, for being with us, uh, Brett Tesser. Always a pleasure, my friend. I'm glad you became our Don Cherry hockey analyst today. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> your eyeballs are on the glass, man. So, And, and you, uh, I know, I've been living and dying with this team now for the last six years. I've really gotten into it. So uh, a lot of fun talking about that with you. And uh, we're still alive, which is great. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week, my friend. Hey, sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Tesser. All right. Thanks a lot.
You know I, I, what I didn't get to? Because I sense maybe he had some business to attend to there. Yeah. Since we kept him on, uh, you know, uh, got into it late and it kept him on way past what, what our normal time would be. Uh, was he at the F1 thing? I mean, the Formula yeah, One. Yeah. I, I'm calling it F1 now, uh, you know. Was he there? You would think. I think so. Right? Yeah, I think he was there. He has players. He's in that level, stuff. man. Was he at the Carbone dinner? I wanted to find out. Even Mayo that. couldn't get tickets for that. I don't know about the that. Carbone dinner. Know. I think he was there. You think? 3000 a pop. Supposedly, LeBron was partying his fanny off here no, in it, South Florida. Wade, Wade was there with, with uh, Union and the whole thing. He had Brady, Beckham. Imagine this. Yeah. Brady was not even the most famous athlete Jordan, in the picture. Jordan's there. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> How nuts is that? I don't All know. right. Uh, nutty story, man. I, I, I was following this because, you know, I love prison escape stories. Yeah, what is that? I what, out of Jersey is. or something? Out of the nor- northeast? Oh, no. They, this, uh, they were in an Alabama prison, oh, I, I believe. Man, okay. uh, you know, and uh, the woman was a... Uh, you know, sort of a senior uh, guard there was about to retire, and I think she had turned in her retirement. But uh, that obviously was predicated about, you know, the uh, notion that she was about to break a uh, killer out of jail and, and run away with him, much like the whole Matt and Sweat thing. Yep, yep, yep. Escape from Danamora. And, yep. and they were on a lamb there for like uh, a long time, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it was 11 days that, that they yep. uh, managed to escape detection. I mean, holy whitey bulger, what was going on with that? And then uh, they tracked them down, and I got in a car chase in Indiana. Well, where would you be headed, though, uh, Louie? I mean, uh, would you get not out of in the 11 days have made your way into Mexico with find a, a way to get of, out of the uh, country. IDs? If you can get out of the country, then you're good. So you find yeah. a way to get out of the country. If you're going to do that, it, it, like, I mean, I would never do that. But if you're going to do that, the only idea is either to find a way to the Bahamas, maybe you can get on a boat and get to, like, the islands, or Mexico. I mean, you have to get out of the country. In the country, Canada. What about get, Canada? You I just feel far from Alabama. Like, I don't know if you're gonna be able to get all the way north, from Alabama. Well, that's that's where they were heading. They were in Indiana. I, mean, that's uh, too, I don't done. know where they went. Where were they that going? Seattle, eat some sushi. What the that hell are these guys great, up to? That wasn't a great plan. She ended up blowing her brains out. I mean, nothing comic uh, oh, about geez. that. And uh, and the guy was uh, recaptured yesterday. Eleven days on the lam, though. Uh, you know, all over the place. They they had everybody completely baffled. Walked right out of the jail there because uh, the two were obviously involved in some kind of relationship That's other crazy. than prisoner guard at yeah. that point. All right. Uh, we're coming back with more. And we'll take up until 9 o'clock on this Tuesday. Uh, no Harvey today. But, uh, wow, I mean, the tennis scene has been extremely exciting, Luby, yes. with this kid, Jose Alcaraz, yep. now wowing the tennis world. And uh, is it coincidence that your good friend, who we had on the show a couple of times, Patrick Moratuglu, there you go. The renowned coach and, uh, of course, uh, has worked with many of the greats, including uh, for many, many years, Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, would credit uh, Maura Tuglu with uh, a lot of her success. And a uh, real gentleman. We, we had him on yeah, the show a, a couple times. of times. A very interesting guy. He's a great commentator when they use him, although he hasn't been uh, on the tennis coverage so much anymore because I, I think he's very much engrossed in his coaching career. And then he was running that circuit, remember, during COVID-19 when there was no tennis and he started his own tennis league? And uh, had a little bit of success with that because people were starved for any kind of sports to watch on TV. Think what we were missing there, Luby, and we take it for granted. I mean, last night you, you had a local team here, the Panthers, and we're in a life-and-death situation in, in terms of, uh, you know, just figuratively, uh, you know, the series is over if they lose. And, and they came within the smallest of margins of losing that game, the team that uh, we need to come through so we don't have to listen to Mayo for the next year. 
which uh, will never make this bet again, correct, Luby? You would never, ever believe that the Panthers would get out of the first oh, round no, and never, lose in the first trust. round this year. Oh, I would never accept that uh, for one second. Even if they win, like, look, Bobrovsky wasn't the problem yesterday, but you see what's going on with the Avalanche goalie. You see what's going on with this goalie. Like, it's not about just being good and stopping a couple breakaways yeah. and getting through. It's about being fucking a monster. Like, last yeah. night, they weren't getting any shots. Like, they were not doing their job offensively. Uh, the Capitals, and they were leading because Samsonov is standing on his head like the guy. Yeah. And that's sort of what you need in hockey. Like, Bobrovsky playing good for Bobrovsky is nice. It's You need a guy that's carrying you. That's really what happens in hockey. Like, And and the Panthers sort of scared And, and you need that. some luck, too. I mean, you need a lot it. of luck. A, a, a lot of luck. I mean, uh, they, they came with an eyelash of losing that, and uh, having uh, the uh, pulling of the goalie with three minutes to go looked like the most bozoic move in the history of the game. Uh, in fact, it should have triggered an investigation, Luby, uh, you know, with all the betting that's going on in, in uh, sports now. Triggered an immediate investigation and maybe a congressional hearing with Gary Bettman saying, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Who pulls their goalie with three minutes to go? Right? And, and uh, you know, it wasn't like they were down two goals at, at that point. But uh, oh, no. anyway, I mean, so you had that. I mean, uh, you had the Bucks and the Celtics followed by on uh, another channel, uh, the uh, Golden State Memphis game, which turned out to be uh, a thrill in Manila type ball game. And you had the Panthers and the Penguins uh, skating, and, and then later on uh, the Avalanche and the Predators. And I don't know if yeah. there was another hockey game last night. There might have been, but, uh, you know, I mean, it was hard to keep track of all of it. And I remember, I mean, we went through that period a couple of years ago where, where there was nothing. For, for uh, like months. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was yes, crazy, yes, right? yes. Nothing, zero. Yes. I mean, every day was like, hey, we got another guest on here. He's going to speculate. What do you think college football is going to do this year there, Johnny? <laughs> well, hang up and listen. But uh, no, it, it was great last night. Just uh, absolutely uh, sports euphoria. And uh, certainly felt a lot better about life after. Uh, I mean, when you get a second chance, it, 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 be, I went to bed. So look peaceful. at you. Look at you with Shirley. I you know. Get a I second know. Chance. I, I know. I went to bed like it's so funny. I was I resorted to the game being over. Like I thought it was once they scored that and they they kept it at one one the entire game. They were barraging yeah. them. They were peppering them. And I'm like, OK, they're doing what I need them to do. Eventually something. I don't give a shit. Something's got to go. This isn't through. fucking yeah. wah. This isn't Grant Fuhrer with the goddamn Oilers. Like at some point they're going to get a goal on this kid. Like they're going they're yeah. going to. And then the guy leveled. Um, was it Barkov? In the middle of the ice, leveled them, and they went down. And it was a nice play. I couldn't be mad at Bobrovsky, and they scored. Because um, Netsov, I'm like, oh, that's it's done. I'm like, it was like under, Oh, yeah, yeah. he I'm hit like, him with done. an uppercut, man. Did you see that? It looked like uh, Anthony and it was high. Let's go fight. It was high, and it felt like it yeah. should have been a penalty, but they didn't call it a penalty, and they went on no the penalty, score right away. No penalty, of course not. I mean, because uh, the refs are influenced. Uh, <laughs> So I was like, this is over. I'm like. To keep Ovechkin out there. He's a bigger star than any of the Panthers, exactly. including like, Barkov, who's a relative unknown in spite of his greatness. Compared to Ovechkin. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's over. We're, like, we're hockey experts now. You know what's I great know. about this? I, I mean, we don't watch a game all season, right? They're like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I team's know. doing good. And I'm living and dying by every play. So I mailed it in. Uh, I was everybody impressed. does this, though. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's now following it. Everybody's got an opinion about what kind of, of a nutbag this coach was for pulling Bobrovsky with three minutes to go. And then uh, you would have to say that uh, I, I agree with you it's you're actually i i think 100 percent correct luby that uh you know bobrovsky not sensational yeah he's fine you, he's you just... need that guy at some point that's gonna i mean i this is still the first round too. think yep. about it i mean how, yep. how arduous of a task is it to win four of these series 
when you see what the margin of error is, uh, you know, I mean, they had they had no room to make, you know, there's the saying in horse racing is must make no mistakes. Exactly. And that's the problem is at some point, that, look, we've seen in the past where the Kings made their run. Jonathan Quick was ridiculous. When the Ducks in the 2000s made their run, fucking Jiggy, Jagger was ridiculous. Like, you can and look. And a Beezer that when, year that they uh, the, went well, to the, the Panthers. Finals, well, the Red Wings, all those years, what's funny is they had all these dudes. But Chris Osgood was either the best or top three goalie in hockey, and every year he's really what took, like Fedorov and Cicerelli and Iserman, they had, they had squads, but it didn't matter if their goalie was okay. Like, that's sure. a problem. Yeah. It's like, as good as Barrow, and he's been fine. Like, he really, ha- I bitch about him, but he Mike hasn't been Vernon, bad. Mike Vernon, dead or alive? Mike Vernon, dead <laughs> or alive? Mike Vernon's alive. Mike Vernon, the former goalie, <laughs> dead or alive? What do you he's say? Alive. He wasn't that I'm old. just going to throw one out there, man. <laughs> Talking bad. about the Red Wings. Mike Vernon. I think he's alive. <laughs> Who is he in the goalie fight with, man? When the goalies, I, I love a goalie fight at center ice. The, best, the two goalies like are just yelling, "Fuck you!" Across the ice. <laughs> they can't hurt each other. <laughs> Gump is screaming. You know what, Sawchuck, you're an asshole. <laughs> and then they square off, man. I think it was against the Red Wings Avalanche. Was like a probably a that was a war. Thing. No, that was they would like drop five, the puck years. and then they would start just drop the gloves like before the puck even hit the ice. Yep, yep. Remember that they would yeah, fight they before. Uh, you know, they, they, Forsberg and uh, that, that whole crew there. Sackick, yeah, they were squatted. Yeah. Uh, but they hated the Red Wings, and, you know, it was uh, as if, uh, you know, they, uh, Zelensky was, uh, you know, behind <laughs> the bench there. <laughs> they were so Russian. He must, he must eliminate these Russians now. <laughs> they had a ton of Russians, true. Get them out of here. Uh, great stuff, though. I mean, uh, it's nice to be involved. Though. See, this is what happens when your local team has no presence in the postseason. Yeah, you move out. Just like, please. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's uh, almost pointless to follow the team through, uh, you know, yet another dreadful regular season, no matter how dedicated a fan you are. Yeah, is, is that not true? Yeah, it's Especially true. here in South Florida, where we don't have these automatic attachments. Yeah. You know, where, I mean, you might have some of this, and certainly, oh, uh, you know, my son, he grew up with all these teams in Florida. So. Yeah, 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 but, like, hockey's the one that, like, if my team's not good, it's hard for me to get into. I can get into basketball, I can, football for sure, college football, but hockey, the Panthers are out of it, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Stanley Cup finals. Oh, it's great. Uh, you know, not finals, in. but playoffs. You know, from the opening round. I, I think if you follow it, uh, you, you really get, like, uh, it's like binge-watching Ozark was. It's just great. And, uh, you know, so we're still in it, which is good. And yes. uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about that. Not only later on today on uh, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Although he, he was very humble uh, then, all yes. of a sudden conceding the series he does to the Panthers that. in six. He's either bragging or he's like in a shell. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I, I think he, I believe this. I, I believe for as smart as he is, he has some mental issues. You know, sometimes <laughs> really intelligent people are usually the weirdest exactly. are exceptionally eccentric. Yes. If that's 100%. a way of putting it. Like, you know, I'm eccentric. You're eccentric. I am eccentric, yes. Jack Namer, I'd say, I don't know, he probably doesn't, you know, see it this way, but he's a little eccentric, you would have to say, yeah, no? Genius. We all are. Eccentric. I mean, I, I think it's what, you know, anybody in any kind of creative field is probably likely to be eccentric. Yes, that's the thing. Somewhat. Male's just okay. on another level. <laughs> he's like all over the but place. But a degenerate eccentric is, is uh, very strange, right? <laughs> 
I've never seen a guy like go back and forth like this. Now, now I was just screwing around last night uh, with my usual. It's over. Yeah, you said it, well, wasn't it? I didn't realize they went to five to three. I, I saw you guys. You guys, I was behind, and you guys yeah. were texting, and I'm like, they're predicting the future. I don't want to know what oh, the fuck it was these dead. assholes are saying. <laughs> and, and a real cheesy call uh, to put the five on three into uh, into play. So uh, they called a, a tripping penalty on Bobrovsky, and you know. This was a call that's never made, and Bobrovsky didn't have anything to do with it either. You know, if anything, it was uh, one of the other players that was around the net that caused the guy to go to the ice. But uh, you don't see that call made, uh, you know. I mean, if they weren't going to call some of this other stuff, how do you make that call to make a five-on-three? I mean, they're already on a power play, for God's sake. What do you want? Why don't you just uh, have Ovechkin fire shots at an empty (laughs) net from two feet away like it was a soccer game? Exactly. And see how many you can score in a minute uh, while uh, the, you know the entire team sits in the penalty box. Get out of here! All right, it is amazing how we've all become experts. But uh, you're, you're right on it, Louis. It's a, it's not that hard of a game to pick up. That's the funny thing. That, yeah, I mean, I don't understand and, the lines and all that. Like, who's in and out? The top line. That's the one thing I never got. But everything else, yeah. icing, offsides, like it's all pretty understandable. No, it's great. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you get your starters in basketball, and uh, there's certain lines that, that really click. Yes. And then okay. uh, you'll see, well, you know, the first two lines aren't producing, but uh, the fourth line all of a sudden rises to the occasion. I mean, it's part of the fun of the uh, sport. No, it's great. Very abstract sport. I mean, if you're just sitting there watching a game with, like, somebody that doesn't watch uh, much hockey or, uh, you know, I mean, uh, do they get interested in it? No. Mm. They, they took the hockey game off TV at, at a restaurant I was at and, and put up that uh, stupid Formula One race. Oh, this is Sunday. Me? Oh, I thought you were talking. This wasn't yesterday, though. No, no. Yesterday I was home. Oh, thank goodness. And, oh, uh, you know, if my, they had done uh, that in that game, I would have lost it. <laughs> I would have lost it. Oh, my God. What do you mean when no, they I, I would have left. Flowers were in a punch there late in that game. <laughs> they were like Six minutes left, and I thought Goldie was going to cry. Yeah, the guy yeah, exactly. play by play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they hung in. They hung in there as best they could. I mean, oh, Randy Muller yeah. was uh, spewing out optimism. <laughs> well, you know, they've come back in this situation. Uh, it's like Randy, come on, man. Not here. <laughs> Things toast. All right, uh, we're coming back with more. We're a lot more to discuss here on the show. Got the uh, NBA finals, uh, not finals, but uh, playoffs uh, in action. I keep wanting to get it to the finals. I'd love to be in the finals. If you could tell me that he can fast forward and get through whatever the fuck's going on now, that'd be fine with me because <laughs> I'm scared shitless. What, what, what about, uh, I mean, uh, do we just automatically assume because the Heat are home, all of a sudden they're going to rise to the occasion and beat the 76ers handily? I'm doing it unjustifiably. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just doing it. The line's three and a hook, which is a dramatic change. Now, now Embiid's been in the lineup. He wasn't in the first couple of games, and everybody knew he wasn't going to make it there. Yeah. So you had seven and a half and eight and a half as the point spreads for the first two Heat home games, uh, both of which, right, were uh, covered by the Miami Heat. Were they not? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think they covered both games. spreads, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, winning those games fairly handily. Um yeah, it'd be interesting tonight. But uh, for some reason, uh, I, I'm assuming, like a lot of people are, I mean, uh, it's not safe to assume no, no, that the uh, Panthers off of that win last night automatically win game five at home. And, and home ice doesn't mean nearly as much as home court does in the NBA. I, I would imagine if you checked out percentages on that, you would find uh, home ice is uh, far less of an advantage than home court is. Uh, NHL to NBA. Uh, but would you say that's a fair statement, yeah, movie, or is that just something I made up? No, no, I, I don't know the percentages, which sucks, but it's not even close. Like, NBA, it's a big deal being home. 
That's why hockey's weird. Being home doesn't almost means nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like whatever. <laughs> you know, it's better off on the road, right? I mean, <laughs> like, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. Uh, and tonight, uh, you will be uh, in uh, the same kind of anxiety position that I was last night. Yeah. Resigned to the idea that, uh, you know what? I, I started thinking like this, and this is maybe it's a loser's mentality. But I started preparing myself to enjoy getting stabbed in the back by Mayo and having to pick up that check for not only, you know, the Mustang's going to want to come. Oh, God. So, uh, you know, and then what do we do? I mean, uh, if Shirley's involved, do we uh, get separate checks? What, what do we do? I don't know. I, 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 I was thinking it was just the three of us or we invite the world and then we would just take care of Mayo. And let the world take care of themselves. I, I, and I, I don't mind. You notice about me. I, I, I don't mind picking up a check. Yeah, it's fine. I, I'm, but this I'm place more is expensive. <laughs> like, this place is a lot. This isn't like going to. But do I want to lose places. like 500 exactly. on this series? Exactly. Uh, you know. This wasn't supposed to be that no. kind of bet. <laughs> this wasn't like, like Phil Mickelson. <laughs> and, and it is true also. I would rather lose 1000 in cash to the series than uh, have to pick up a $500 dinner tab and bombing. Uh, have to uh, capitulate to uh, listening to the hammering we would much, you know, richly deserve from Mike Mayo. Yeah, no. Because we, we have it coming, man. I mean, we've been like Ricardo Mallorca, right? We've given him shit for Smoking a while. Smoking a pack of cigarettes <laughs> in the corner there, <laughs> swigging out of the uh, bottle of scotch there, and then telling uh, Delahoy, I kill your children. Pretty much. As he comes out to get knocked out. Uh, <laughs> we have it covered, man. We've been taking some liberties with this Honestly. man's good name. All right, that's part of the fun of sports, though, is it not? I mean, they don't really 100%. emphasize this aspect of it on any of these wagering sites. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. And uh, the uh, commercials uh, for the uh, MGM are particularly wild and infused heavily into uh, these uh, basketball games especially. Uh, where are we getting more drilled by betting? Actually, tennis is encouraging a lot of betting, even though we've known several matches to have been fixed. <laughs> How about that? Is that the ultimate, uh, Luby, in uh, sort of uh, oxymoronic uh, type? Is that a word uh, of uh, a word, yes. presentations where, uh, you know, the, the sport that we know that uh, like there's been any uh, number of incidents where like heavy Russian money came in on some obscure double team doubles team to lose the first game. Oh, yeah. Heavy money. I mean, you know, and, and, and people are betting this. I don't know who's accepting these wagers. So when all of a sudden you got like. Uh, we got three million. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Davenport and uh, Chris yeah, exactly. Everett are going to lose that first game exactly. of the seniors' doubles. The Bryan brothers or whatever the hell. <laughs> what the hell is better than that? <laughs> and all the money came in in rubles? Yeah, exactly. They, they, don't question, up, huh? they don't do anything about it. <laughs> There's Martina saying, uh, well, you know what? I, I think uh, she can win this set 6-3 uh, with a break in the fourth game. I, I would parlay break in the fourth yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. To 6-3 and uh, an overall a three-set victory for uh, Cinderella over here. <laughs> okay. All right. Hylia Park, if you're going to bet, bet someplace where you can win. And uh, that, that's what it's all about there. Uh, once again, the Mustang, uh, I don't know what's going on with her and her slot machine formula. She's going to get herself banned from various casinos. But they would never think of doing that at Hylia Park because they want you to win over there. They really do. They want you to have a good time. You, you Wait, was that not a great atmosphere? I mean, what what a night that was at Highland oh, Park. Oh, no, that place uh, is so fun. I loved it, man. I, I love being there uh, amidst uh, what, with that kind of uh, Latin flavor to the Derby. I mean, it was like being on the backstretch at Hialeah back in the day, right, where uh, you were in there uh, rooting with all of the grooms for some tip horse 
And, uh, you know, you, you, you then go wild as it scores at 80 to 1. Fantastic, man. And I love the fact those were sincere high fives. Those guys must have really had that horse. Oh, no, they were in Highly apart. But, you know, if you believe life is a celebration, celebrate it in Hylia Park because you get that feeling there. I mean, it was just uh, such a good vibe. I mean, even from the music that was playing for the ring entrances, uh, everybody's dancing and, yep. you know, getting all excited about it. Uh, the boxing event was tremendous. The casino was hopping. It was great. Mustang walked out of there with a bunch of cash. Thank you, Mr. Brunetti. And Steve Calibro for having machines that are calibrated with uh, giving the player an honest shot to go out there and, and make a little bit of a score. Makes it a hell of a lot more fun uh, when, uh, you know, you, you know you have a shot to win. I can assure you. Uh, great champion simulcasting room. Yeah, you saw how wonderful it was, even with a big crowd in there. No problem, right? Yeah, you get, get a drink at the bar. Get something great to eat. Yeah. Place your bets. Uh, no sweat whatsoever. Other place I was at, I literally uh, waited a half hour to cash a ticket. Oh, a half an hour. Because uh, I, I just didn't want to leave it like a voucher because I have a tendency to lose, lose those things, yep, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not not that I don't eventually lose the money, but uh, the <laughs> at least you use the money for whatever. The voucher being lost is a different story. Great food and drink all over the place in Hylia Park. Uh, always tremendous entertainment. Uh, great values. Uh, a lot of amenities uh, given uh, to people that have a player's card. So I would suggest you get one as you walk through the door. We'll keep you posted on the next uh, series of big events. Yes, sir. You know, Frankie's already thinking of something, right? Yep. He's already thinking of something to do at uh, beautiful Hylia Park. All right, we're coming back with more. Be with you till uh, 9 o'clock Eastern here for those of you that are out of town. Now, we're here in South Florida on a Defoe show on Ion Channel. Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest, and we're coming back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 820. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible you're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Catholic Health Services is committed to care that changes as your needs do. Our full continuum of services is designed to be there throughout your care journey. If you need assistance with daily living, post-acute care following a serious health event, or additional medical care at home, we also offer skilled nursing and palliative palliative and hospice care your care needs may change but our commitment never does catholic health services south florida's number one choice for post-acute and end-of-life care visit catholichealthservices.org florida which is in the state of florida has been in the stone age forever i mean uh, we're uh, still uh, operating by blue laws i don't even know if you can buy a beer before 12 o'clock on a sunday <laughs> i'm not sure what religious cult is responsible for the legislation that takes place but essentially florida is structured this way we're here in south florida which is very hip and up with modern times and once you get would you say north of palm beach mike luby lubitz west palm beach florida for those unfamiliar with the uh, geography of the state uh, if you get like 30 miles out of town here, forget about it. It's Hillbilly City. You're hearing banjo music, and somebody's telling you to squat down like a pig when you pull up to the Waffle House. It's just the way it is. The modern-day odd couple, Defoe and Louie, 
are on now. It is, of course, The Defoe Show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, good to be with you here on The Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, Ion Channel. Uh, we have other uh, platforms, including Five Reasons Sports Network. Catch yes, some of sir. our stuff there. That's uh, Five Reasons Sports Network and Believe Networks. That's B-L-E-A-V. We yes, do a sir. thing called After Hours. And uh, we had, uh, what was it? Uh, Sean Young. Uh, She's Sean Young. Lieutenant and Ace Ventura Pet Detective. She's done a lot of other things as well. Yeah, I was on our uh, podcast yesterday uh, after hours. It was kind of interesting. I, I wasn't really that familiar with her. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first thing you read, uh, I'm, uh, you know, just trying to brush up a little bit, uh, you know, on somebody that you're going to talk to. You only have a seven-minute window to talk to these celebrities uh, on this uh, circuit that uh, yeah, Luby has uh, through some PR contacts of his. And, and it is kind of nice to, uh, you know, vary things up a little bit. So, uh First thing I read is that uh, she she was uh, kind of an outcast for a while because she had proven to be very difficult to work with. Mm, well, there you go. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how much is she going to enjoy this interview then? You imagine, right? I mean, uh, you're already sort of uh, irascible, if you will. Uh, you know, not necessarily uh, inclined to engage the public and uh, the media. And uh, now you're going to do like 40 interviews in a row with different people. Yeah, it's going to go well. <laughs> who are all trying to uh, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't I didn't know anything about the uh, movie that she uh, was appearing in, although it sounded uh, kind of interesting. But I didn't realize that this woman had been uh, literally in like, like like 50 movies. Yeah, yeah. Movie. She's been on a ton of stuff. She was in CSI forever. Like she's been on a lot of different things. And I, again, from my youth, remember her as the uh, former kicker, Ray Finkel turned Lieutenant Einhorn. Nice Ventura. So it was cool to get to talk to her a little bit about that, which she was open to talking about that, considering that was like 30 years ago. (laughs) No, she seemed to have a lot of fun doing that. I hope she did Uh, anyway, because, you know, she certainly didn't seem like uh, she was inclined to uh, go into isolation uh, again after talking to us, which was good. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, you went on to fetch. Uh, about the Miami Heat, which, uh, you know, this would be the marquee game for us uh, tonight. And it has been wild. And I, I do have to credit uh, an element of degeneracy. I, I don't think I could have been as interested in this Panther series if we didn't have the bet going with Mike Mayo. Uh, would you agree that that's 100% oh, yeah. true? I mean, I would have yeah. been in it because I've been longing for them to be good. So, like, them being a one seed, I would have watched and cared, but not like this. Like, I'm living and dying. <laughs> with this freaking series. I was excruciating last night. I mean, uh, it shows you, uh, you know, how, how much uh, entertainment you can derive. Uh, you know, these guys are making millions of dollars. Uh, and, you know, to, to be on uh, literally uh, the proverbial edge of your seat during every second of a hockey game, Luby, uh, pretty incredible. And, and then you, you think this is only the first round. I mean, uh, if they get out of this thing somehow against the Capitals and uh, we end up uh, having a nice meal, on Mike Mayo's dime, then, uh, you know, the second round doesn't figure to get any easier. Oh, no. And you, you see how nearly impossible it is just to prevail uh, in the NHL playoffs. Unless, I, I don't know, are, are the Avalanche just knifing their way through the West? I couldn't tell you anything about any of the Western Conference teams, Man. how good or bad they are, including the Avalanche. I well, saw, like, none of this this year. I saw a little bit of the Minnesota Wild. Where are they at? Are they getting trampled? In the playoffs, because so. at one point I uh, sent uh, Mike Mayo a text saying, "Bet all of your money on the Wild at sixteen to one to win the Stanley Cup." Yes, yeah, two two. Every every series, I think, is two two. 
but the Avalanche. That's what makes Avalanche look so good is everyone else yeah. is in a war. And they just swept. Look, they were down. I didn't realize they were down 3-2 yesterday at the 16-minute mark. The Panthers were in the same situation. I had written the game off. They went and scored two goals in the next 10 minutes. Like it was yeah. nothing. <laughs> like they treat hockey no, like they, it's basketball. They look like the like, old bunch. They, they really do. Uh, you know, they, they, they look that uh, dominant uh, in, in the regular season uh, in the Western Conference. But uh, uh, definitively, I mean, wide open. A good team is going to get eliminated uh, in, yep, in the yep. Toronto Lightning series, a team that would appear to be capable of winning it Great all. Yep. Uh, I don't know that you would picture the Washington Capitals going all the way to the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, even if they prevail in this series, uh, it doesn't seem like it. And, and yet, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the toughest matchup in the first round of the postseason. Is that possible? Uh, Panthers uh, were not on their game. No, no, no. In uh, game one. I mean, they played a very sort of uh, lifeless game in game one by the standards that we were used to in the regular season. Came back, bounced back, looked great in game two. And then that game three uh, was, uh, you know, just a sorry representation of what the team has done throughout the uh, regular season, where they were dynamite at home and, and just as dynamite pretty much on the road. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that was that was pretty uh, inexplicable. And, and uh, they come back last night from the grave, so that was good. Now, now the Miami Heat, a whole other story. Uh, is there that big of a differential in the Heat at home or on the road? Uh, I, I would say maybe. Uh, I but- didn't before, but watching the way the role plays play, Struess was really good at home, and then he was non-existent on the road. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know the the Tyler Hero was really good at home in the in this series. Did nothing on the road. Bam out of bio was pretty good at home, good for a quarter on the road, and then did nothing. So like I this I don't know this team. This team that relies on Jimmy Butler and everyone else does nothing. That's not how they played all year long. Like I'm so baffled by what we've seen from them in this series. Like I'm just dumbfounded. At least the last what two old Heat player that hasn't been in the lineup forever is going to get wheeled out there before they uh, <laughs> even let Duncan Robinson hoist one three out of the corner in this series? And, you know, it, it does seem odd, right? Uh, they brought in Morris the other night. This guy, I, I didn't even know he was still on the roster. Did you? <laughs> I knew he was on the How roster. How did he get on the playoff I... roster, this guy? I didn't know. Is Zoe going to get some minutes? I mean, uh, why not just run Haslam out there while you're at it? I mean, at least Haslam? he's, you know, it, been in uniform. During this period of time, and it's a strange thing. Now, now, far be it from me. I mean, look, we've all seen that Eric Spolstra, and is considered by all of the greats in the game uh, to yeah. be among the best of coaches. He was nominated what to be one of the top fifteen, top 15 coaches, ever. Top fifteen ever, ever. Yeah, Eric Spolstra. Right, we're talking Phil. We're talking uh, Chuck Daly. We're talking Red Auerbach. Yep, yep, yep. All of these guys, Riley, Pat Riley himself. Yep, yep. My God, I know. Been great coaches uh, throughout NBA history. I mean, he's won. Look, he's won two titles. He's been to the finals five times. Like he took Doctor Jack. How about Doctor Jack? Jack Ramsey. Yes, there's there's a long list of really good coaches. And Spolstra. That's the thing is people are trying to get on him. And again, we got on all these other guys, so you can get on him. But he's earned the right to mess around a little bit. I'm just confused. The Robinson is the one thing where it's like. Put him. I'm not saying rely on him, but put him out there. Just see if he can hit a couple threes, break it up a little bit, because like the, you can see they're forcing it, and you know that's the worst thing when it comes to sports, let alone basketball. Like you can't force it. No, I mean, uh, look, he, he threw all the depot back into the uh, rotation, and he helped. That's fine. Uh, you know, he, he's acquitted himself pretty well. 
I, I was amazed when I, I, I said, who is this? Uh, the guy yeah, when, when Morris hit the floor <laughs> the other day. I was like, well, where did he? He stumbled out of an ambulance onto the court. Uh, what, what was that? And, and, you know, the only reason it was significant, uh, you know, it's one thing you're, you're in a blowout loss or whatever, but uh, you're asking yourself, uh, how could that guy be getting minutes before uh, Duncan Robinson? I know they don't do the same things, but... Yeah. And, 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 you know, not, not that uh, people tend to attach this. I don't want to do this because, uh, you know, it's not like Duncan Robinson suddenly is going to be a savior. No, no. And, and the fact that he's not playing is exclusively why the Heat are losing. But uh, it just struck me so odd that a guy could be just smoking hot one night and then disappear completely from the rotation. Yeah, it's weird. As if he was Alan Ogg. <laughs> just like, there's no way you're hitting the floor even when the fans start chanting and we're up 40. Exactly. We want Ogg. <laughs> we want Ogg. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some free Duncan Robinson shirts. No, not, yeah. Not free people, are all, people are all about it. People are like, let, let out. Some signs mixed in with Roe versus Wade, uh, and then it's going to say, say, like, free Duncan Robinson, freedom of choice, uh, Eric Spolstra. Let some guy hoist a three that can make one. No, well, that's the thing is it's like, look, I'm not counting on him to save them. They didn't need save. That's what people don't realize. Like, the National, well, see, we told you. What would you tell us? He played horrendous, and we're in the game with three minutes left. Like, that's the thing. They didn't need to be saved. Butler just needed a yeah. little help. <laughs> like, any any help, they win that game. and probably won by double digits. Like, any help. Like, he, he has lived up to the nickname, Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, I mean, he, he does not, them. you know, shoot the bomb particularly smoothly. And uh, yet, uh, you know, his ability to just, uh, you know, sort of create a spot for himself and uh, find a way to get a, a clean shot off. And then at the same time, somehow draw contact on yep. the way down yep. and end up at the free throw line. And uh, regardless of whether he makes the shot or not, he's probably getting a couple of points. Uh, tremendous ability to generate points without being, uh, you know, the most artistic of shooters. Yeah, he says it. He said it the other day. Or, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like he's so graceful, uh, you know, at the basket either. Uh, he just uh, somehow makes it happen, which uh, he's been great. And uh, we know that uh, he has this uh, kind of like uh, zombie-like uh, concentration on winning and uh, all that, you know, that it involves. But uh, not getting a whole lot of help uh, from anybody. Uh, I I don't know why. I mean, uh, is it a stupid thing to feel? Would you go ahead and take the points with the Philadelphia 76ers tonight, knowing that they had won the last two games and really themselves had not been in, in perfect sync because uh, you had, uh, you know, Harden that came alive in the fourth quarter the fourth, yeah. of that fourth game. But uh, before that, I mean, who, who knew what you were going to get from him? And Embiid, yeah. you know, clearly was uh, not uh, 100% when he was out there in game three and, and maybe was a little bit better in game four, but not playing, uh, you know, the kind of basketball that you're thinking he's going to go for 39 on some, uh, you know, incredibly high percentage of shots and just dominate the game on the inside the entire time. No, I mean, so uh, we'll see. Right. But uh, would you take three and a half points with the Philadelphia 76ers tonight? If I offered it to you and, uh, and under loser leaves town considerations. <laughs> I, see, I wouldn't, I'm bi uber biased. Like this to me feels like the spot where the heat come back and put everything together. I don't know what I would do in game six, game six, like the way that they've been in Philadelphia if you're getting numbers like that, which you're not, it's going to be the other way. Um, I'd go Philadelphia. I think I, I I understand where they're coming from from the line perspective. He didn't play much better at home. 
And uh, now so who, who wins the championship now? I mean, uh, come on. I, I don't mean, know. Let's, uh, I think the, I, I, the I don't know what's going on with the Suns. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Suns. I'm so confused by the Suns. Chris Paul getting five points and fouling out. Chris Paul having as much, if not more, turnovers and assists. Like, the Mavs aren't great defensively. Like, Donkic is a sieve defensively. So I don't understand... Well, that's the team that made Chris Paul struggle. Like, I thought the Suns would walk right through the maps. Like, I'm confused. The Suns, to me, were, were the favorite and overwhelming favorite. Like, not the Bucks. People overrate the Bucks. Giannis is the same dude. He's just now saying, you know what, I'm going to run over people. Which is fine, but then the Bucks are, you can stop them. Like, if he isn't shooting from three, you can just do what the Heat did. Go, pack the paint, and you could beat the Bucks. The Suns, you can't. The Suns don't have a weakness but if Chris Paul is getting five points versus an average defense, then I don't know what the hell to do with the Suns. To me, the Suns were going to run away with this thing, whether it's the East or the West. So I, I it's, I guess the Warrior. I, I don't know. Like the NBA, this is as wide open as I've ever seen it. Like I, there's no one that I would say, yeah, they're the team. Because the Bucks are in a two-two thing, and yeah, Middleton, well, who knows uh, when he's going back? You don't even know who's going to emerge from uh, three of the four series. Yep. That are ongoing at this point. So uh, I know, and, and it would be anybody's guess. I mean. Uh, Milwaukee looked like they were going to have that game in hand last night and, and then uh, ended up losing by a wide margin <laughs> to the Boston Celtics. Uh, the guy, speaking of betting, though, the uh, analyst in the Brent Musburger Barry America campaign, uh, which I just happened to pick up yesterday's paper and uh, see what his pick was. Uh, you know, and see, this is the thing. You could be, you know, wrong and, and, and wrong a lot in wagering. This is why they offer, and uh, what was it? MGM was offering, uh, I was going to mention this earlier, a $1,000 like uh, introductory bet where, you know, you could go ahead and bet a dime. Now, there have to be people that have mastered this. I would imagine some type like Larry the Leaper would have figured out all of the angles. You know how people know how to get all of the bargains uh, yes. at the store with the yeah, coupons yeah, yeah, and the yeah, discounts? Yeah. And, they use credit you know, it's legendary. Yeah, You're in a uh, 10 items or less line. Uh, the person in front of you has 32 items. And then they have like, uh, you know, a bunch of coupons that date back to the 50s. Yes, yes. They yes, have green yes, stamps they're yes, redeeming there yes. at the cash register. Yes. Green stamps, my friends. Yes. And and somehow at the end of it they get like two baskets full of groceries that like uh, you know they refuse the assistance <laughs> out to the parking lot they wheel them both and they get money back they, they yeah. don't even pay anything <laughs> yes, yes. store owes them money yes I, I, uh, here's your credit ma'am and uh, we'll see you next time <laughs> yeah so this is what they're doing though I mean uh, at, there have to be people that are very sharp uh, that they can go to the MGM Grand download uh, whatever uh, you know they have to do to to sign up and, and uh, you know make a thousand dollar plunge on one of the teams that is playing tonight, let's say, lose that. I mean, uh, do you have to bet a certain amount of money to get the thousand? Is that just a phony? I don't know. Fraudulent, uh, completely a bogus. Come on. I feel like it is. I mean, that's that's how, how could they allow you to just throw a thousand dollars into an account, bet it, and then have no other obligations? That's a big number. Like I know people throw money away, but you should be able to have some fun with a thousand. Because you would open up every account that you possibly exactly. could the world over, which most degenerates probably are doing anyway. Uh, number one, uh, I guess it would be advisable uh, just to shop the price around and, yep. and find uh, the outlet where instead of laying seven and a half, maybe you're laying six and a half. And, uh, you know, that becomes uh, much more favorable. I mean, uh, you know, any sharp gambler that does that for a living is uh, running around and shopping around for the best price. In Las Vegas, right? They're they're going to uh, you know, or looking wherever they can find this information, but whatever the uh, best number is, most favorable number is for them. Of course, that's where you're going to bet. But uh, I mean, imagine they're giving you like a thousand dollar that that was to come on a thousand dollar 
free wager. That, that's not money. unique to uh, MGM Grand either. And they have like Jamie Foxx out there winking at the camera going, <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good move. Now, that can't be fueled by the fact that people are winning all the time. No, nah, no, nah, it, nah. It's just not happening. Yeah, they know they're getting. So, uh, you know, it's hard to criticize a guy like uh, this. In this case, he whiffed. Uh, he said that Milwaukee will score. And this is how good the lines are. will score less than one hundred and six point five points. You can actually Jesus, bet just on Milwaukee's total. OK, how about that? That's specific. Remember, you know, you used to bet like a team. That was yes. it. Win or lose. Yes. And that was it. Now yes. you can bet, uh, you know, just Milwaukee's total in the game under he had under 106.5. They scored 108 last night. Oh, geez. And I don't know if that was like a token chuck, but I mean, how far? I mean, you can't bury the guy for that, even though he buried all of his uh, followers uh, with that particular <laughs> pick. But how far off was he? I mean, he was right there. Yes, he was. But you're going against the impossible, which is and I, I, for the life of me. How is it that these guys are not deposed by the government, these line makers? And, and and they they seek out their mathematical formulas and, and make them uh, you know reveal them, so that we can figure out how to do all other things based on their logic. No, yeah, it feels like they're pretty spot on. Why can't that be extrapolated to other things in life? There would be no more car accidents. <laughs> no one would be poor. It, it would be incredible. Would save the world. There would be the no line. more volatility. People would be polite to each other. If we could just go by the numbers that the line makers make and then we could extrapolate those figures and apply them to other things. Uh, you know, so if you're losing people, this is my message here. I don't know if you'll see this on a FanDuel ad. Maybe this isn't the best position for us to take here since we seek their backing. Exactly. Uh, as we speak. But, uh, I mean, it, it, you, you have to realize how impossible it is, uh, you know, to play against this this numerology, which uh, even Rene Descartes, I mean, he would marvel at this, would he not? Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they're so close almost all the time is freaking scary. And based on what? I mean, what are they throwing into this uh, equation? Now, I'm not a fan of sabermetrics or analytics when it comes to uh, coaching teams or, uh, you know, the way uh, teams uh, defend certain players or uh, go into certain games strategy-wise, uh, you know, especially, I mean, in baseball. Uh, you know, you're thinking that those numbers are easily defeated if somebody would just take the time to learn how to hit the ball the opposite way. No, oh, yes. We talk about would you agree? Time. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Hey, what, what, what good is a hitting coach that can't teach his players occasionally to tap one to the shortstop? <laughs> Even if you're a you know diehard pulling left-handed stick. Come on. Lefties don't get as much blame for uh, not having mechanics and fundamentals as uh, right-handers do, do they? There are less lefties out there, and they're yeah, all exactly. pretty much freaks, are they? They're not? always like, wow. Well, a left swing always looks like the prettiest swing just because yeah. it's left like, half the time. But they'll hit a ball that like that bounces in the dirt. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll take a swat at that and, and put it in the seats. They'll do all kinds of weird things. But why can't they tap the ball in the opposite field, right? The, the easiest thing for me to do is to hit the ball in the right field. It was one of the simplest things, uh, you know, yeah. throughout any, you know, baseball activity I was ever involved in. In fact, uh, you know, in softball, obviously that was the field to go to if you were a right-hander because the best outfielder was probably going to be in left or center. And the right fielder was usually the proverbial fat kid, correct? Yes. So not only uh, were, you know, you you hitting into a much more wide open space, but you were also hitting against 
the weakest defender that they could find. <laughs> Oftentimes, the guy that wasn't even part of your group, Didn't but just happened to, to be at the park, and you roped him into the game exactly. and said, hey, <laughs> you, fat kid, you want to play right field? Okay, you're batting 10. <laughs> of course you're going to hit the ball that way. So uh, I, I don't know why it is that uh, for some reason left-handers are – you had some good left-handed hitters at that, right? Tony Gwynn, didn't he hit the all-fields? Ron Carew? Yes. All-fields? That's why they were great hitters, but you didn't have to be a great hitter. Tony Oliva, he didn't hit to uh, all-fields? Like, that's like, – right, like all these guys were amazing Jazz? hitters. Jazz? Well, uh, Boggs and uh, – yes, fine. Williams, Ted Williams? Fine. Joe D. But, like, you didn't have to be them. Like, that's my promise. <laughs> like, you're either a great hitter – or you have no shot. At it. It's like the shifts are so ridiculous now. Yes. It's so weird. Like <laughs> It's almost like in a day when you didn't have enough players. Like like you only had like, uh, there used only to be, we used to, to play this there. home run derby game uh, where, you know, we'd go to some ball field that had a fence and uh, you only had uh, three guys on each side. So uh, two guys played the outfield, one guy played the infield. And, uh, you know, it, you would, uh, anything that wasn't out of the park, uh, you know, what wasn't out, but, uh, you know, it, you could only hit to one field. Yes. That was it. Uh, you know, and, and you've, you've seen that, right? Where, uh, you know, yes. you didn't have enough guys to play softball. Maybe it was raining. Half your guys didn't show up. Maybe they were too drunk to make it to the Sunday morning game that you played every Sunday. Every Sunday, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it was an obligation. It, it was, uh, you know, something that was uh, required that, that you show up. But, uh, you know, you'd have too few guys. So you would say, okay, we'll only play hitting the left field. And if a righty came, I mean, a lefty came up, then you would have to shift everything over. But that took half my game away. I, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just it interesting, did. man. Like you're not right. I got you're not wrong. Like guys' jobs is to teach hitting. If you literally have half your lineup, or now what is it? Seventy percent of your lineup can only hit to one side of the field. Like how good are you at your job? What do you need the guy for? <laughs> like, I don't care. Right? It's kind of like Mike Westhoff was saying about special teams coaching, where they don't have any special teams plays anymore, or very few. Yeah, he said it's I boring. mean, you really need a full-time special teams coach for the two kicks that are returned in an NFL game. I guess for punts, you know, that, that would be in, and, uh, you know, lining up for uh, extra points and kicks. But, uh, I mean. yeah, I mean, uh, the kickoff return, it was just pretty much eliminated from uh, the National Football League level. Yep. Uh, of the game, and, and I guess uh, what uh, did I have kick returns in college now? Because uh, guys can't kick it out of the end zone, or uh, is that uh, still I mean, in both? Similar. I mean, it, it's they've tried to get rid of it from football because a lot of the injuries came there. Yeah, Westhoff has said like Westhoff, they the league wanted him still. He retired because he was bored. <laughs> so like you got rid of most of my job. Like what am I? Yeah. Why would I be here? <laughs> like <laughs> hitting coach on a major league baseball team has to be the most useless position now. Other than. <laughs> Well, it isn't the worst job in all the sports. We know what that is. That's the teaser horse at a stud farm. Yes. but uh, and, and it could be, uh, what, a scalper at Marlins games if this uh, tendency continues? Uh, that, that was, at one time, number one on the list, ticket scalper at a Marlins game. Yeah. Where there's like 800 people in the stands there and 37,000 empty seats. Oh, my God. Hey, got tickets uh, here. Four <laughs> tickets if you need them. Right front row. Hey, good luck with that. Game's about to start, right? This poor schmuck. <laughs> He's out there. He'd be better off selling a rapist. <laughs> Honestly. At least uh, you can get some value out of that. All right. All right um, we're going to come back with more. I want to tell you about Jimmy Johnson's big chill, though. Wow. I don't know what this uh, weekend is going to be uh, all about, but it's never a bad time to get away to the Keys, especially uh, the heat is on, so to yes, speak. Sir. And I'm talking about 
temperature-wise uh, here in South Florida. And it's also a great vacation spot if you're from out of town here, watching around the country or wherever you happen to be, somewhere else in the world. Come down to uh, Key Largo, a uh, beautiful spot to relax and uh, really just unwind and feel like you entered another universe. And the best place to do that is at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, Mile Marker 104, and the Overseas Highway. Great food and drink all over the place. Tremendous service, great vibe, tremendous music on the weekends. I don't know, do they do that on the weekdays too? They're real big music fans there. They have the sports bar. Uh, you can get anything from a pizza to uh, the most sophisticated of fine dining on the fresh seafood that comes right out of the ocean, right out of the bay. They're buying his stuff off a local fisherman. In fact, uh, right, remember that? You saw Jimmy down there himself uh, saying, hey, wait a minute. We want all of those, uh, you know, snapper that you caught. Right? Exactly, We're having yeah. a yellowtail special tonight. Unbelievable. Fresh right off the dock. Just absolutely great. Uh, you're going to love it. There are a lot of places you could go in the Keys, and, you know, you could get uh, all kinds of different vibes. But uh, the best of the best is right there at Mile Marker 104. It's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, owned by the great Larry Calvano, Dominic Kajemi involved. And, you know, the Kajemi's first rate when it comes to virtually everything. His lovely wife, Amanda, does a tremendous job there. Surface is great. Pool's a terrific place to hang out. Uh, really just uh, absolutely wonderful environment there at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile marker 104 on the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. All right, Luby and I are coming back uh, with more on our Believe podcast today. Grant Long going to help us dissect some NBA stuff. He, he is a phenomenal analyst, so uh, you great. might want to uh, check that out. That's uh, B-L-E-A-V. Yes, what do you sir. have to do to uh, find that, Luby? Just go to B-L-E-A-V.com, Believe.com, search After Hours. Very simple. We're right there. I like the logo, but uh, shouldn't we have faces in the logo? That might... What's the deal on that? <laughs> no, the after hours, we do have faces. The after hours is the oh, one yeah. that's really cool. They just put us the wrong order. I'm on okay. one side where you should be. The other one is the yeah. one my, my sister People think you're made. a default. I'm surprised uh, with this new Luby recognition factor. And, and I am excited about the professor recognition factor. Now, funny. how did that come about in the... In the sports book we there, in the race sitting book? there at, at the uh, Brass Row Bar, and this guy, we're, we were talking. He couldn't even see Ken. We were just talking, and he, yeah. he he literally tapped him on the shoulder, and Ken's not Mr. Personable in person. He's not one for – he's very big on personal space, so he sort of made a look, yeah. and I was like, hold on. <laughs> Don't, like, snap at that guy. And he was like, you're the professor, aren't you? And I just started laughing. I was like, people wow. would love this. <laughs> That is classic, man. That was uh, I'm very proud I of that fact. It. I love no, it. That's great. great. And the Luby recognition factor, it shows stone crabs. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, you have to wait for somebody to die to get a witness job. It shows stone crabs, <laughs> yeah, right? Honestly, the guy had been there for 20 something years. <laughs> it was like giant season tickets, right? Where you had to be on a list to you know, get a witness. Yeah, okay. Yeah, come back in about 20 years. I think so. I mean, our bill was going to hang There's only up. three of us. Like, and no one, if you're going to Joe's, you're not, unless you're maybe Canadian, you're not tipping. Nothing like so he's making 50, 60, if not more, on a table, and he was doing a bunch of tables. So you're oh no, those guys make some serious capital. Yeah, oh my god, like that's a career. They they close for a while. That's one of those restaurants where you could take six months off and come back. You know, it's kind of like being a bartender at Saratoga. Yep. Where, uh, you know, our good friend, the Marty girl, would, would make enough money in the, uh, you know, several weeks. I, I guess it's now seven weeks or something of Saratoga. It used to be like four. It was three at one time, then four and then five. They kept expanding it because the people love it so much and they love the action there. And, uh, you know, it's just a tremendous atmosphere. And uh, she would make enough money, uh, you know, during those couple of months to do nothing the rest of the year. Which, uh, you know, that's what we need, Louie. Yeah, I was going to say. Something how, like how that. How do we sign up for that? 
I'll be scalping Marlin tickets pretty soon if we don't, uh, you know, connect on something. All right, uh, we're coming back with more in a moment here on a Defo show here on Ion Channel tomorrow. Tony Segreto, we go old school, and uh, Tony, if you're listening, I, I sent out that check, so don't worry about it. Nice, it's in the mail. Good man. <laughs> Although I don't think my mail guy picked up yesterday. I, I think we're on an every other day system out here. It's kind of like being in a rural area. Remember when you used to have to like dial up the operator too? Yes. You know, hey, hey Mabel, can you connect me? No, it's going to be long distance. <laughs> well, that's before my time. I was, I was able to make a call. <laughs> that was so funny back in the day, uh, Luby. Like if you were on long distance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, there would be like excruciating anxiety. You know, as somebody would interrupt you and, and you would say, you know, with a face, I'm on long distance. <laughs> like, like it was costing you $800 an hour you know, deal, to make exactly. this telephone call. And then in the early days of cell phones, when uh, it was prohibitive, oh, it was the bad. cost, like your plan included like five free minutes. Yeah, yeah it was bad. When they used month. to limit the minutes, uh, oh my God, you'd be like, call me. Woo, woo. No, you call me. No, you call me. <laughs> You had a $500 cell phone bill every month for one phone, yep. even though all you had done is call your mother and order various uh, portions of Chinese food on, uh, like, Monday nights only. Oh and God. still it came to 500 right? Unbelievable. Then Metro PCS came in, right? They called it what? Metro piece of shit, yes. I guess, was uh, yep. the euphemism for it. But, uh, you know, did they, they They still survived, right, and prospered, did they not? Now, that, Metro PCS? They combined with T-Mobile, I think. T-Mobile has oh, like 12 okay. different phone networks, I think, now. But that was the move, right? I mean, all of a sudden, oh, some yeah. guy would come into work and go, <laughs> "What'd you pay last month for your cell phone?" You say like five fifty, <laughs> and the guy would go forty five bucks. I called all over the world, right? I got a call through to Zelensky in the Ukraine. Incredible. <laughs> Talked for an hour. <laughs> Those days were great, man. Crockett and Tubbs had, uh, you know, that brick of a the cell phone. phone. I told you, I got hit in the head with one uh, once. Get a concussion. <laughs> I was coming back from a therapy session with uh, one of my ex-wives. Of course. Yeah. Thought I got hit by Alexis Arguello, man. All right. Uh, coming back with more in a moment here <laughs> on the uh, Defoe Show. Now that. The time. It's 8.52. Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305 453 9066. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee for you call. 
the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe, joined by Luby, right here on The Defoe Show. So I'm not sure uh, where I stand on the anxiety meter uh, for the uh, heat. I, I've been more entrenched in this Panther series because of the uh, engagement with one uh, Michael Q. Mayo, the uh, gambling gourmet, who will appear on uh, Friday on his show. I, I don't know. Uh, will he be a whiter shade of pale on Friday? Oh, I hope they will. They play, will the, they play two uh, more games? Game? Oh, there's only okay. So they don't play again until Wednesday. They play Wednesday night. Okay, yeah, so we'll only play one night. game. Okay, I'm hoping the Panthers win. And then if they can win, at least I can exhale a little bit. If the Heat can win tonight and the Panthers can win tomorrow, I'll feel a lot better. Because I'm, I'm on pins and needles right now. I was really confident about the Heat. And then that last game really threw me off. And the freaking Panthers. They came back from the dead last night. That's great, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell to do with them. It can uh, all start over again. Hell can start Come all on. over again. You can get married a second time. Yes, I did. <laughs> you I mean, and, and people <laughs> have a, a pension for self-sabotage and uh, sabotaging any chance they have of being happy and or being prosperous in life. And uh, so uh, is it safe? I mean, uh, I, I feel a, a false sense of security uh, about uh, both of those teams at this point. As, uh, you know, as Philadelphia it was great in, in those last couple of games. And as you said, the Heat were lousy. So, you know, that that's the reason I feel like maybe they can reverse this uh, coming back home. And uh, they, they've played, uh, obviously, much better basketball there. Yes. Uh, than, you know, they have uh, on the road. Uh, you know, that's typical of any team in the NBA. But um, I don't know why. I, I feel some sense of confidence. I, I don't know about laying three in a hook. I, I would think that uh, yeah. for some reason we go reverse blowout in, in this game. And that the Heat uh, win this by a favorable margin. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> what will Spo come up with? Will he play Haslam tonight? Will Zoe get oh, minutes? Robinson. You're going to see Timmy Hardaway, who's well, on the way to the Hall of Ronnie Fame, come Cycli back and play. Ronnie uh, ends up in the post <laughs> at some point. How he got uh, Morris into that ball game? I mean, uh, and, and I'm looking out there going, who, who the hell is that? <laughs> I love that you didn't even know who it was. <laughs> I didn't. I, I forgot he was on the team. I really did. Was that his first action? He Those pl- were his first minutes since November, were they not? I think he played, like, right before the playoffs, like, in that period where they threw in Oladipo and it was a total disaster. And yeah. I think Morris was one of was the other guy thrown in there, and it just sucked so bad that he, he instantly took both out, and they went out and won like the next like six or seven or whatever the hell games. So Oladipo had to come back because of Lowry's injury, but Morris hadn't. Morris hadn't played at all, and then with Deadman getting hurt, they needed some size, but still. Shrews looked like he was hurt. <laughs> like, why not put yeah. Robinson in there? And Lowry is hurt legitimately. And, and he's not going to uh, play. does not appear to be uh, playing play. uh, the game at the level that uh, we were accustomed to seeing Kyle Lowry, especially a playoff Kyle Lowry, who yeah, uh, who's a t- comes killer. under the heading, uh, you know, certainly uh, if you were going to name a guy as a, a playoff warrior, Kyle yep. Lowry has proven to be that. Yep. Uh, in his years with the Toronto Raptors, made some terrific plays and uh, big-time clutch situations. So, yep. Uh, you'd like to have him out there, but uh, he, he doesn't appear to be running around. When you have that gimpy hamstring, Luby, Bad. 
very prohibitive. Although Devin Booker made uh, what appears to be a full recovery from whatever hamstring ailment that he had, and he's yeah. had a little bit of a chronic history with those sort of injuries. Uh, so well, we'll see what happens. But there were some people. It's always great the critics come out, much like we are uh, with the Florida Panthers when we uh, would not have had a single thought uh, about hockey or the way it was played or pulling a goalie or doing anything for that matter. Uh, you were too busy pulling your own goalie. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, have any interest in what was going on on the hockey uh, rinks uh, in the hockey rinks around the world? Uh, but now all, all of a sudden we're we're experts. Uh, so uh, many people are being critical of. Uh, and in this age of social media, you see all of these comments. Uh, you don't have to have a talk show where a hundred guys tee off in a row on Eric Spolster and say, "Why is he playing Lowry?" <laughs> You know, and they could be using uh, what, like Gabe Vincent uh, in that gonna, spot. That was supposed to not be involved in this game, and Vincent will get more minutes. I, I don't look. I don't, at this point, I don't even know. I had all these ideas of what I thought would happen, and it didn't work. So I'm just yeah. I've been way off on everything, which is good. <laughs> I'm just leaving it to Spo. I have no idea. So if you're uh, tuning in the show for our expert analysis on oh, stuff, well, uh, that's weird. Probably in need of some therapy yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As we nearly were last night. I mean, uh, that that was complete and total destruction. I went, when they went to that five on three, 43 seconds of five on three, Luby. I know. I know. In a one one hockey game. No, it was two one, I guess, at the time. Two one already. And, uh, and, and this was death. One more goal and it was over. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then this guy yanks uh, Bobrovsky with three minutes to go, and you're thinking, that's insane. Yeah, that's a lot of time <laughs> in the hockey. It's too much time. I mean, you haven't been able to score, and a puck's been sitting in front of the net on a tee, and you haven't been able to knock it home. And all of a sudden, you're going to put an extra guy on the ice there, and they're going to battle it out in the corner, and sure enough, boom. Did it work? pops out of the corner and gets on the right stick and uh, right, oh, right through. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. That was crazy. Literally, I mean, it was like being in a gas chamber. That Carol Chessman reference, a guy's in the gas chamber like eight different times, maybe more. And every time, it, 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 these were in black and white movies, and every time, it, it, they just the pellets are going and the smoke is rising, very primitive type of stuff uh, in terms of uh, California executions. And then uh, there's a guy named Whitey, literally, uh, by the phone there, you know, in a guard's uniform. And uh, the phone rings. And Whitey, uh, you know, looks uh, startled and says, it's the governor. He says, take him out of there. <laughs> and a guy would get, you know, come gasping out of the gas chamber there, uh, you know, half dead. And and that's where we were, man. Oh, no, it was Carol we Chesman there. <laughs> should have been in the headlines today all around the country. All right, we feel good, and uh, I'm glad you guys joined us here for the show. Uh, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, so uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Tony Segreto goes old school with us. Yes, sir. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services, Texas Roadhouse Restaurants, two fine organizations. And we'll see uh, how Tony's faring uh, during all of this, uh, where the local teams are out there. He, he is so optimistic. I mean, about the, the Hurricane football team, is that is that false hope that we're uh, – I mean, uh, I every know. kid in the country is going through the transfer portal as if it was like the Lincoln Tunnel straight out of the <laughs> straight off of Long Island there and uh, right, right into the city. Right. They're all coming right through that uh, portal uh, right to Miami. Are they not? I don't With know. With this Ruiz guy greeting him at the door as they get in there. I just love that they're changing the NIL thing because of Ruiz. these twins got a million dollars, I think, to endorse some bagel company or something. Oh, no, they're big. They're a big deal. I'm like yeah. TikTok and like YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I. We'll see. We'll see what happens on the field for UM. I'm I'm still waiting. UM fans are pretty convinced. I, I don't know if I am. 
The professor's big board uh, with the uh, 400-pound lineman that's endorsing sensitivity yeah, that's candles. That's the best. That's classic. All right, on that note, we'll let you guys go. You're off the hook for today. Uh, the Defoe Show, you can Google it and find it. Ion Channel. Catch us on 5 Reasons Sports Network and our Believe podcast later on today on Believe Networks, B-L-E-A-V. It's going to feature uh, just uh, well, one of our um, all-time favorites, the great Grant Long. Yes, sir. Going to join us uh, here on the show. I almost said Glenn Rice there. Oh, well, I was thinking of Glenn Rice, G-Money. Must have been in a dream. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you tomorrow at 7 in the a.m. as we leave you now that. The time. It's 9.02. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.